Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your host, Steve Lucky Luciano, the certified, qualified connect to the streets of Southern California. My co-host today on my right is Chumahan Bowen, Indian lawyer extraordinaire. Yep. And to my left, my sound guy. What's good? What's good? Sean Lewis. Straight music nerd, audio engineer, certified. Today on the Hard Luck Show, we have a guest, very close friend of mine. The gentleman was outsmarting the cops at the age of 12. Yeah. Went on to be one of the most prolific connects in West LA. Paid a heavy, heavy, and steep price. Eventually got out, put some things to work, turned his life around. I'd like to introduce my very dear friend, Carlos Diablo. What's happening, Lucky? How you doing, Carlos? My boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Diablo. Good to have you, man. Good Thank to see these you. good brothers here. You know what I mean? Making me feel at home. Yeah, yeah. Right Thank here you for coming sh- down today. Yes, sir. Damn, so yeah, um, I also didn't mention Carlos is, Diablo's uh, my homeboy, he comes from the same town as me. What, um, town, what town is that? Santa Monica, 17th Street. Ooh, nice, <laughs> in the house. Yeah, he said one time, all right, so I hope you On caught that. On the west that. side, and specifically the Pico neighborhood area. That's, a, that's that pocket, that, that burned out pocket that, they, that they, the city forgot about, but you know what I mean? The city yes, of Santa sir. Monica forgot about that burned out pocket? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, you know, it was kind of like a segregated. It was segregated, you know. I believe before, like in the 60s, it was predominantly probably like more of a black ghetto, you know what I mean? But then Hispanics started showing up there in the 70s. And, you know, they say that uh, black people cause white flight, but black people say Mexicans cause black flight. You know what I mean? So everybody, <laughs> everybody's causing somebody else's flight. But they're my brothers too. I ain't got nothing against them. You know sure. What I mean? We grew up together. We of course. Fought, everything, whatever. It's all good, man. It's just part of life. It's a circle. You know? Of course. Santa Monica, they're not knowing. Um, today, people don't know about Santa Monica. You know, they see Santa Monica and they think it's Whole Foods. and Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like yoga. Not, yeah, man. Yes. Like everything's uh, natural, nothing, or, nothing right. with pesticides. Everything's organic. Yeah, and there yeah. is nobody. Nobody on this planet from the Santa Monica area that can depict it or lived it uh, up close and personal like my homeboy right here. Um, but and like of a lot of our brothers. That, that's you right. Know, maybe they're just not as articulate as me and Lucky are, but you know what I mean? They were there I just feel the like same. my experience is no, um, um, it might be extraordinary in some areas, but I feel like it's just a, a, a you know, a life I lived that many other brothers have lived. And, you know, I mean, some of them are not here anymore. I just feel like I have the gift from God to be able to uh, look back and analyze it and explain it, you know what I mean, and make people understand that we're human beings too, just in a different circumstance. Yeah, of course, Um, of course. I mean, you got, now you got people in Santa Monica that live there, right, that uh, 
they won't even vaccinate their children. Well, all right. It's, it's kind of crazy, right? right? It, it yeah. is crazy, bro. It is. I'm down with them, though. <laughs> oh, you're not into vaccinating? Man, I'm not into anything I don't know about. But uh, Okay, all but, right. But, I mean, I'm not saying I'm pro for it. I'm just saying I believe, like, the medical mafia is a mafia, you know? So I don't trust a lot of pills and different things like that there, you know? Pharmaceuticals I think, and I think all that. a lot of stuff is spiritually, you know what I mean, um, deduced or spiritually comes from the spirit down, you know? So let me ask you a question. So That's just my belief, though. Yeah, of course. But, but of course, we do need medicines and Band-Aids, so I'm not that no, crazy. No, but I mean, I mean, so do you consider, uh, like, I mean, right now, Oxycontin, Hillbilly Heroin, all wow. that stuff, right? Yeah. You consider that to be basically legalized drug dealing. Right, right. Luck? right. What do you Absolutely do? it is, man. And yeah. uh, it's, you know, the, the amount of, of heroin... That's yeah. on the street, yeah, is dictated by the amount of oxycotton that's being prescribed to people. Oh, it, wow. play, it plays. It, it, they 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 coexist and they affect uh, what goes on, man. And uh, we get more into that. I want you to, Carlos. I want you See, to tell us. I didn't us, even know about that. My brother knows the science about it. Well, there's there's some stuff, and we're going to talk sure, about sure. that. I want, sure. man, dude, Diablo, man, tell me about. Tell me about growing up, man, in Santa Monica. Tell me about the 80s when you were a kid and coming up, in, you know, in Santa Monica. You know, talk talk to the folks a little bit, you know? You know, I, I loved it. You know, I thought it was the greatest place on earth, you know. But then again, that's that was my world, you know. Um, in the 70s, I grew up watching my cousin. You know, he was a, a his, you know, he's, he's, he's my brother. He's my, my cousin, which was like brothers to me, but he was Hispanic, he's Mexican background, and his, and his, and his homie Roach, a black brother that lived on the same block. They were like in the surfing. So we, Santa Monica had, you know, we come from Dogtown, all that. We diversify, you know. And I also seen the Cholos, the gang members. Growing up, I seen a lot of graffiti all over the walls of that of that neighborhood. I grew up on 17th Street. Um, mm -hmm. And them walls were just full of graffiti everywhere. Before I was old enough to understand the politics of gangs or what even a gang was, it was already tattooed on my mind, you know, just the SM, just the, the acronym of the neighborhood gang, which I grew up looking at and admiring because simply those guys commanded respect, you know. How, how let me ask you something. Uh, how old, how old hold were on, you? Hold on one second. I want to ask a, I want to ask a quick, quick question. Okay. So <clears throat> Santa, SM stands for Santa Monica, right? Right. Okay. Now you had a, there was a black dude named Roach. Roach, that that yeah, he, he. How did he get that name? That was his last name. That was actually his last name, but I thought he got it from smoking so much weed. And that's because he would have roaches all <laughs> over his I house. Thought. But see, my cousin Alonso, Alonso and Barry, they were like brother. They called him Al and his shadow, and they were both surf <laughs> they were both surfers. You know what I mean? Okay, so tell me a little bit. So so you had a surf scene going on, right? A little bit, not too much, but we we I could see into that world. You know what I mean? Because of my cousin, and then again. Those guys were like, you know, they were they were incredible because they were doing little ramps and skateboarding in the 70s, you know. Like the Dogtown mm -hmm. and yeah. Z-Boy shit? Yeah, yep. because he was in prison, and I sent him the book after I seen the documentary. I said, you know any of these dudes? He said, of course, I know all them dudes, you know, because he Your cousin? With, yeah, my cousin. So he knew the, the Dogtown and Z-Boy dudes in uh, the documentary he, he that knows, blew up. Yeah, yeah. Let me knows. interrupt you guys a second. And what he's trying to get at, what, what Lowe's is trying to get at is that 
in Santa Monica. Well rounded. Four corners. Exactly. We were, yeah, you know what? Yeah, there was, there's a big Chicano neighborhood right there, okay? There's four of them in that area. But what we were exposed to was the Pacific Ocean and the lifestyle that came from it. We grew up with black people and white people. So we got to see all the birth of skateboarding Z-Boys the Zephyr Surfers, mm. that was all mixed up in our culture, bro. It's the only up. place you could go where you got brothers, white boys, punk rockers, yeah. homies, yeah. all mixed up into one. And that's why you can't replicate motherfuckers like us yeah, from the yeah. West Side because we were mixed culture. You know what yeah, I'm saying, exactly, right? Like, so, exactly, exactly. So this is in like, uh, no disrespect to other cities, but some cities are like laid out like in Michigan or whatever, but they're not going to get... Where the street meets the ocean, ocean. meets the right. skateboarding where meets the surf meets the turf. Exactly. <laughs> surf meets the turf. Exactly. The, the SM gang. And yeah. that produces a certain type of person. Right. If you if you if you you know if you're if you're halfway fucking smart, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, you're and I'm a, I'm a let, I'm gonna let Carlos talk, but I just want to be clear on like no, this is good. Because people yeah. are like, like, what skateboarding and surfing and yeah. like they don't yeah. understand it. Well, yeah, that's I how can't we skateboard grew up. for shit. But right. I, but I grew up watching all of everybody else do it. You know what I mean? So basically, what you're telling me is like that area, the burned out pocket, blah blah blah, Santa Monica, the Pico neighborhood. Pico neighborhood was mm. like a buffet table of everything fucking cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And exactly. you could just walk up and fucking put whatever shit you wanted on your plate. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So, what did you put? And on? I'm sure, and I'm sure the brothers in Venice know what I'm talking about too, because they were very similar. It's, background. Exactly. That's the very same. Similar. It's the same melting it, pot. The same melting pot. That's why a lot of families are related. Right. You know, it, it's it's birth, man. It's the city and the ocean. So you're gonna get that mixed culture of people. Right. And 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 the Pico neighborhood has al- has always been a, a, a Chicano a conclave, you know, area. Is when they brought the 10 freeway through there, they actually a lot of families got, you know, um, moved out, and this these 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 people became Venice, uh, Culver City, mm-hmm. Inglewood, other other gangs sprouted from the culture they brought from took from Santa Monica because of the freeway project and all the families that removed. What do they call that? Disin when when they move you out. What is that called? That's called gentrification. No, dis something. Dis uh, dis when they move you. Well, no, I can't, whatever. <laughs> I, I can't think of the word, but uh, displaced. Displaced. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. displaced because they had a freeway that they were construct through. So everybody that was in that path was moved out. So the the, the fucking foot came down from the man, exactly. and all yeah. the people underneath had to crawl for something else. And that's kind of like where yeah. people moved over and started segregating towards the, the, Culver City, Venice, and it kind of sprouted out. That's yeah, old yeah, to, yeah. tomato. Tomato farms were in Santa Monica. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had a homie <laughs> named named Ganga. What uh, does Ganga mean? I I don't know exactly why they called him that, but in Spanish, Ganga means gang, you know. <laughs> but uh, I don't think they bred him specifically to be a gang member. But he, he was an older man who was from the Santa Monica gang back in the '60s, '50s. You know, um, this man he was half black, half Mexican, and he he worked in the cemetery. And the cemetery to us is like located right in, this, in our neighborhood. Right. And it was like to us sometimes it was like a getaway spot to go hide from the cops because it had big tall ivy fences. Yeah. And we kind of go in there. It would be Call a park, a park to too. Us. Yeah, that's it would be what you a, said, park. Like a park. We'd have mm-hmm. recreation in there, like shooting squirrels with a twenty-five, <laughs> or, or, or it'd be the boneyard. You know, you take the bras in there. The oh, boneyard meaning two different kinds of bones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. And, 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 and they had a little pond in there. 
So we used to chill in there, get high or hide from the cops, or the cops would hide in there from us and spy on us. It worked both ways. But Ganga worked in the cemetery, and he told me, hey, youngster, one day he said, you know what this first gang in Santa Monica was called? I said, what? He said, the, the Santa Monica Tomato Gang. Yep. <laughs> hey, this is for real. <laughs> ketchup. Yeah, yeah, man. Ketchup. Yeah. It was, though. The Tomato Gang. The That's Tomato right. Gang. The ketchup was a click, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, there, yeah, was, yeah, dog. there was ketchup, and they was beefing with salsa. Yeah. Right. 57 click. <laughs> um, hey, hey, Lowe's, man. What was, uh, uh, tell me about when you were a kid growing up over there. Um, tell me, tell me, like, what was that like, man? I mean, I know you didn't, you, just, you grew up with your mom. Yeah, it was just me and my mom. I had a lot of family, a lot of cousins. They were more like brothers to me because I was raised in the same house with them. But, you know, one day when I was around eight, nine years old, they just up and left. You know, they took off to El Paso, Texas. My family is from from Juarez. You know, we come from a legacy of, of, of poverty. You know what I mean? My family mm. originally from Juarez, Mexico, and right across the border to that is El Paso, Texas. So most of my family moved over there, and I was kind of left alone, you know, and I was hurt. You know, I remember riding my bike, watching them all pack all their belongings, and my seven brothers, and one, and you know, I had six cousins that were males and one female, yeah. and they all just up and left one day, you know, and I was like the baby of all of them. And, with, so, and you were left with just you and your mom? Yeah. So I remember, I remember I didn't even want to see them, I, I, I didn't even want to say goodbye to them. I was just kind of riding my bike. So I grew up, you know, with really with no siblings. So other gang members, other kids that were older than me or the same age as me that didn't have the parental guidance that probably they needed, that I needed, you know, so I used to roam the streets and I learned a lot of things, you know. So I seen a lot of things as a child, you know, and I I would take notice, you know what I mean? And I would, uh, you know, I would just, you know, I would pick up from other rougher kids and I, you know, I fell in suit with those brothers, you know. <laughs> Right. Sometimes so, not for the, the best uh, the best lessons, but you know, it is what it is. So, like, running around in the streets on your own, like, what was there anything, like, what did you see? What did I see? Yeah. I seen, I seen old veteranos, which is like old pachucos, or old cholos, you know. They would be pimping their girls for heroin. Damn. I would see the way they walk with their Pendleton slacks, you know, over their arm and just, like, their style and then. I would see all kinds of stuff, man. I would see, you know, when I was a kid, I seen my 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 big homie Woody at the age of hey, fourteen. Hey, t- t- hold on a second. Tell me that. Tell him that story about the money bag that you found. Oh, that's something I seen. <laughs> yeah, tell, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, tell okay. me that story. One day I was playing a game in my alley. <laughs> of uh, I would go on this roof and then just shoot at these with a little pellet gun, shoot at these rats that were coming in and out of a hole. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> real. By, by do, dog, there was a dog food factory back let me, then. Let me guess, this was before video games. Before video games. So there was a dog Pre-Atari. food factory. Did you get that? There was a dog food factory. And in the rats, Santa Monica. Yeah, and the rats were coming through that hole. There would be and some there, rats and there coming was, in. And there was Diablo uh, with his pellet gun knocking them out. Right. Yeah, and all of a sudden I see this black dude coming down the alley looking around very suspicious. <laughs> and he comes and he puts this little paper bag, a brown paper bag, he sticks it in one of these holes where I'm, you know. How old I, are you? I'm just observing. How old I, are you? I was about, I was about 12, 13. Okay. 12, 13, and, and you're like up on a roof. Yeah, on the second story. Second story. And, and I'm looking down into the alley and, and I'm dude, seeing this guy. He didn't see you? He didn't see me, so I'm just observing him. And when I seen him put that bag I said, man, I, I know something good is happening here. I don't know what it is. But <laughs> I said, then this guy, 
he he really nervously starts to like kind of walk very fast down the alley. Yeah. So I got off the roof and I went in there and I reached in there between these milk crates and everything where he stashed it at. I feel the bag, I grab it and I run home and I you dump knew. the contents on my bed and it was about $3,000. Yeah, Damn. nice hit. That's but, a huge score. Yeah, but when I ran back across the alley to go into my apartments, I remember a cop car or a car. I'm, th- I'm assuming it was a cop car. It wasn't a marked police vehicle, but yeah. a car like zoom. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking, in, in, in retrospect, <laughs> I'm thinking these guys went after that black dude. Right. right. Because later on when I got home, I went to go buy, I bought a boom box. I bought a whole <laughs> box. Of, I bought a big old box of Snickers at the liquor store, the whole box and M&M's. Dude, you, you were on the spending spree. You were a, king, yeah. you were a kingpin. Three thousand dollars if you're twelve wait, or thirteen wait, years old. That's year? money. The what? cops went to my house. Wait, hold on. What yes, year sir. is that? Uh, that's probably like eighty four. So three thousand dollars, eighty four is probably more <laughs> like six thousand. It's probably like ten thousand. It's probably like ten thousand, and you're. You were twelve. Yeah. So in his head, that's like twenty thousand. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, he's yeah. buying. He's buying Snickers. I couldn't believe in a, it. And oh, mm. and for, oh, hold on a second. And I, because sometimes I got to translate, because a lot of people that are listening, mm. they don't know what a boombox is. I really called it a ghetto blaster. That's said, what. We, that's what we I, called it. I said boombox just to make it a. Uh, more commercial friendly you know official <laughs> yeah no but it was a ghetto blaster which was like a you could carry around a little stereo yeah. it had a handle it was yeah. gray metallic yeah. had two speakers on the outside and you could play your cassettes in the middle yeah. yep. and dudes used to put like chunky ass fucking batteries in this thing right yep. they D's. probably weighed 10 d's 10 d's, 10 d's. there you go dog you got to see my my ghetto box i have now that one's it's bad i love that Does it got, plays cassettes no it plays strictly bluetooth or whatever you plug into it. <laughs> it's modern, but it has that look. Dude, yeah. people, awesome. don't, people don't know it, but it's called a diamond box. People but don't, I'm not advertising. <laughs> hey, listen, we'll we'll tell them to write you a check. Yeah. They, dude, people don't know, but dudes used to walk around with a 50 pound fucking thing yeah. on their shoulder. Hell yeah. With yeah. the he music did. playing. He was yeah. one of them. Yeah. 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 Because I was into hip hop and breakdancing. Of course. Uh, all right. So yeah. wait, going back to this though. Okay. So now first, when you steal it, okay, so you don't know it's money when you get it. No, But no, you know no. it's something good because there's a shifty-ass motherfucking dude, yeah. and he's hiding it. Yep. And if something's hiding something, then you know there's something it, there. It's got there. value. Yeah. Okay, so when you, you dump it out on your, now are you sweating bullets at this point? Like, are you kind of like tripping? No, I was happy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy. When did, did the cops the, come he by? The, he did the work for me. I came home. I, I, came, I came home exactly. hours later, and my mother said, "What the hell did you do?" I said, "You know," but in Spanish, I said, "What do you mean? I didn't do nothing." She said, "Why did the police come over here asking for if there was a boy this size?" And, <laughs> oh yeah, and that, oh yeah, because they must have because I I, I'm, I figured they must have caught the dude. He was clean, right. Whatever he robbed, right. And they probably went back where they probably seen him from, you know, from up. Up further, they probably see him take a little detour there. So they yeah. probably looked. They didn't find it. They probably remember a little Mexican kid running across the alley. Right, mm-hmm. of course they, they did. And they put it together. They were good detectives, but they didn't have a search warrant. They weren't that good. They yeah. weren't that good. So they couldn't. So your mom was not about to turn you in. She My was, mom didn't even acknowledge that I lived there. <laughs> 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 to any mothers that are listening, that's how you mom. That's, that's how, how you, you mom. do it. Yeah, no, right. no speaking English. Yeah. There it is, dog. There it is. But, but mm. you speak Spanish? Yeah. Yeah, yo estoy aprendiendo español porque mi esposa es de, eh, eh, su familia es de Guatemala. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah. that's right. right. And he's got a bun in the oven. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had a baby. Tigra. My, oh. my baby Tigra. girl's name is going to be Tigra. That's wonderful, brother. Tigra. Thank you. All right. So, All right, so back on to it. Hey, let me ask you. So, um, and Los, when, when, you know, when were you exposed? Like, tell me, like, when did you start peeping out the hood, bro? Because, man, obviously, me and you, I, I you're my homeboy. I know you, dog. And on yeah. the west side, if you were from a neighborhood, whether it be black or Mexican, and you were from the Four Corners, you from the west west side, you knew who Diablo from 17th Street was, you know. And and I want to just say that I want to ask, like, when did you first start getting exposed to the neighborhood, man? When did that thing start? When did you start taking a look at it and it start becoming attractive to you? Like I said, um, I think since like around when I started noticing it. I said from the graffiti and everything and the way these guys carried themselves and the way they hung out in packs, mm -hmm. I think I was like, you know, I wanted to be like them since probably eight, nine years old. I didn't become that hip-hop came along, and I was all into that, man. So I was, it was a beautiful thing. But we still had the gang thing going on, and we wanted to be one of the cool kids. So, you know, just from association, man, you know. My mother happened to live on this side of the neighborhood, so bam, there it is. I'm from the 17th Street team. And, uh, you know, I didn't end up getting jumped in into the into the neighborhood gang. I was claiming it even before I got jumped in. <laughs> and, you know, so just from the neighborhood and just from, oh, you know, association. I got a quick yeah. question. <clears throat> so you said, OK, so you were claiming the gang before you got jumped in. Before I even got jumped in. Right. Because that was the thing to do. Because I was a natural ghetto baby from there, you know, so, so obviously. <laughs> so what li listen you guys and you too but the homie said it's not that easy <laughs> <laughs> hold we, up a minute yeah we, we got a spanking in the mix with you, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so about game right now baby <laughs> so let me ask you that okay yes. so okay so you're climbing da 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 because you're down so yeah. everybody everybody in america now knows the term getting jumped in a gang everybody yeah, in the mama yeah. just justin bieber everybody's talking about getting jumped in. Yeah. What, what did you actually have to do I had to slug it out in in, a, in a, like a little line of fellas on both sides. How, how many and I people? Had to, how many people were we talking it was, about? That day it just happened to be maybe was like 10, 15 of us out there. So on both lines, and you had to fight them. Yeah, I had to go down the line, and we squab. You know what I mean? And they, and you know, I did the best I could. How yeah. long? How long? <laughs> how long do you think it took you to do that? Um, maybe, you know, when you getting. When you're getting mopped up, it probably feels like an eternity, but it probably was only maybe four or five minutes. Maybe not even that long. Maybe I wouldn't be conscious if it had been that long. <laughs> did, you, but, did, you have, like, did you have a bloody nose or anything? Nah, nah. I protected the nose pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy about that? He said that when he got jumped in, there was two lines of dudes, and he had to squab with each one. What's interesting is- No, I didn't have to squab with each one. I had to try to make it to the end of the- hallway of human beings there you go of human gang from one side to the other now <laughs> i want to break you guys off a little something so american indians have a tradition okay when they sometimes they would go on a war party even white people they would capture some white people and sometimes if they saw somebody that looked like maybe they got you know some balls or whatever the fuck they would take that guy and make him run what they call the gauntlet, which was yeah, that's what I wanted. That's the word I was looking for. The gauntlet, the <laughs> hall of humans. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and the row of fists. And <laughs> this, I like that. It like so, and all yes, the Indians sir. would line up on both sides. Right. They would strip the dude naked. 
Like you'd have to be butt naked. But this dude had to be looked at as a like this dude com- commands respect. If he makes it. If he makes it. And there okay. was women and children with So sticks. they look at him and he might have potential. They might look at him like, okay, maybe they okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So and you gotta run it. And in ninety nine point nine percent of the time they know you ain't gonna make it. And when dude, I've been reading these first hand accounts. Uh Women and children were in it. They would have sticks or whatever, wow. and they were stoked. Like this was like for them it entertainment. Was like, absolutely, couldn't yeah, wait to yeah. hit this dude. <laughs> oh wow! The whole crew would come out absolutely yeah. and put hands. You know, and feet that, and and, and at that point, you know, the pack mentality kicks in, and your evil side is kind of like it comes out, man. Man, dude, that's that's uh, so so so. Let me let's let's get back to uh. So then check this out, bro, because we already kind of talked about, you know, Diablo from 17th Street. But I love that. What, um, dude, you and I talked about this. I talked about this. Uh, I talked about this earlier. You were the connect, man, on the West Side. And, um, you know, man, I think that in media, they they try and portray and highlight like the dope dealer from the 90s with the two pagers driving the Acura. Cause let me just say something. Yeah. You actually did drive an Acura. You did have two pages, a sky teller. I mean, my homeboy was like that guy, man. Like, when? how did you fall into slanging dope, man? How did that happen? How did that come to be, Los? I think because I like to smoke weed. And, you know, I, I used to like to smoke weed. I started selling a little bit of weed. And, you know, and it really, you know, I was selling little dime bags and stuff like that. But I seen a homeboy named Woody, mm-hmm. and he kept dealing with these black people that would come around and you know they were kind of look scruffy but they would now come now kind of are we we're talking about what 85 88 about 89 85 85 about 85 86 85, okay. okay 85 i would say okay and i seen this guy handing them something and they were handing him money and i'm like man what is this dude giving them you know so i told woody i said hey homie i said hey woody what what why they give you money? What you give them? He said he said rock homeboy and he opened up his fist. <laughs> he, he opened up his fist and showed me some rocks and I said, Wow. I said, Are those valuable? Where'd you get them from the museum? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He said he said, That's cocaine, homeboy. So I, I, I didn't I didn't know what the hell a rock was until he showed I said I said, How much each one cost? He said, Twenty bucks. I said, Twenty bucks. I said, Let me have some so I can make some money. And he said, give me $10 and I'll give you one and you can sell it for 20. Come on. And I said, said, I said, all right. So I gave it to him. He said, but you can't stand here. Go over there Mm -hmm. down the street somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's his shop. So, so, so $10 was my investment. I made 20. I came back, got two more from him and and, you know, the rest is history. You guys are hearing the dope game broken down to the bare essentials. That's Uh, okay. Hold on one second. So man, cause this is like some like, Cocaine Warren Buffett shit or that we're listening to right history. now. History. <laughs> West Side Cocaine History. So you started out. Listen, you know what? I Thank God you're here because... I knew what cocaine was, but I just never seen it in the rock form. Right. I, I used to... We used to snort cocaine and we thought we were doing big things. Like we were some big shots at 12 and stuff like that. 12 Buying years cocaine old? on the block. Let yeah. Me, powder, you know? Yeah. We so, were some thieves, man. Because before that, I admired my homeboys that were the best bullies and thieves you know what i mean right till the dope came the dope game came along and it was like man fuck violence i like money better you know what i mean can i ask a weird question yes, real sir. quick on this topic yeah so like sometimes when you hear dudes that are successful right 
they'll tell you about like how they started out and they're like, listen, man, I was putting ketchup in hot water and that was my tomato soup. And I started <laughs> out with like one pair of shoes. Wow. So in this game, did you ever tell like an old timey story to young kids coming up? Where you're like, listen, when I was your age, I had one rock and I was. <laughs> <laughs> And that was my legacy. Um, <laughs> I don't really think, you know, I don't really think I've told that story to too many people, you know. I don't wow. think too many people even care, you know. But uh, only inquiry minds like ours want to know, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to know. You I, know? I mean, that's what led to me doing a lot of writing in prison, you know. It's soul searching, man, and wondering why, why these things happen, you know. Why, you know what I mean? It's just like. Let me, let me ask you something, Los. Uh. What was like, what was you, I mean, you, you snore. I know we all kind of got exposed yeah. um, to some of the harder drugs early on, man. Mm -hmm. And um, so did you, were you a heavy drinker? Did you, you know, what was your, did uh, you experiment widely with a lot of different drugs or were you kind of like a little weed, a little drinking, a little Coke and that was kind of weed for you? Weed was really like my religion. You know, since I was a little kid, I loved weed since I was like 12. I don't even remember when the first time I smoked weed, but I was really more like a weed smoker and hustler, you know. But, you know, I never realized it, but throughout all that time, I always had me a little bullet of cocaine because I seen Scarface and I like how cool <laughs> that looked. <laughs> but, you know, I never really considered myself a cocaine user until I look back now. You know, even as a young kid, I used to have it just to be able to stay up. And to me, it wasn't really using drugs. It was just to be able to make more money and stay awake longer. Right, right. <laughs> but it, but but looking back now, you know, I was you know uh, using cocaine at regular intervals. You know. Yeah, I get that. Um, but uh, what do tell me something? I tried some acid, and you know, I love the, I love the psychedelics. I do too, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that, I, that's beautiful, man. I do too. Let me tell you something. I love. So, do you when you were dropping acid? Like, when was the first time you dropped acid, Diablo? Man, one of my homies jacked some dude to school for like a hundred hits. The first time. Yeah. And and them fools took like 100 hits from somebody at school. And they just went. I ditched that day. I didn't go to school that day. But they came <laughs> knocking on my door with my homeboy Boxer, uh, Speedy, and Greeny. <laughs> and uh, they came knocking on the door. And they, I opened the door. I said, what's up? They said, here, eat this and let's go. <laughs> I said, eat what? They said, put that in your mouth and let's go. I said, what is it? They said, acid. I said, what? What does it do? It's a man, just eat it. Come on. You shut the fuck up and eat <laughs> I this. didn't even know. I ate it. I put it in my mouth, actually. They said, just, it'll melt. It was like that blotter. It was, man, it was good. Blotter. And we're walking, blotter, yeah. Mm -hmm. what I say, bladder? No, no you, you said blotter. 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 Like, it, you kicked mm -hmm. off some kind of fucking yeah. triggery memories right. and lucky over yeah, there. You the were name. like, blotter. Half hour later, I'm, you know, as we were strolling down the street, I keep looking at my reflection on a parked car and start doing weird things like in a fun house <laughs> after that it was just it was awesome man dude i'm with you man i love hallucinogens when i was out there doing a, a, the acid first time i dropped acid i was in india what? i was in india and some fucking hippies in wow. goa india that's had cool this, well yeah now i think about stupid i didn't know who mm -hmm. did i didn't know them from adam i dropped this acid and at first i was like so i guess this is bullshit nothing's uh, happening mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i was staring at the ocean uh, when the when, wow. the when the waves came in you look like you're going into them no what happened okay. was the 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 white foam on the wave was spelling words wow and i was trying to read them but before i could understand what they said they would break back up Awesome. That was my first time. You know wow. what? The first time I we ended up at the beach 
And this white girl named Blondie was fucking with my head because that was the first time I ever took. And she said, the waves are God's hand. They're gonna <laughs> she was fucking with me. She said, it's, it's gonna, God's hand is coming to get you guys for all the evil that you guys do. Damn. And, 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 and the wave, you know how the, the white water, like it goes, or like the water part of it at the shore, it goes into the wave and yeah. the wave keeps coming. So I felt like I was being sucked in. It was, right. And I turned around and ran and I had... <laughs> And all the homies chasing me. Stop, man! What's wrong with you? <laughs> hey, dog! How did all this God talking, evil talking? How did? How did? I know. I know. I got my, I got my story of it. But how did? How did you get the name Diablo? Tell us. How did that, devil come that, to Not be? really from anything devilish or satanic. It started innocently enough as a kid. I used to be kind of mischievous. Right. And 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 you know my uncles and them they would call me Diablito. You know just little devil. Mis- yeah, like mischievous. Right. And then Greeny started using that. And said, man, we're gonna call you Diablo. Greeny gave there. me the name. Dude, there I tell you there. what, that's a scary ass name. It <laughs> is, man. Sometimes I feel like re- relinquishing it, man. <laughs> I just like you know because. You know, I've gotten to know a little bit about the word, and really, man, I don't want to give that man any praise over my yeah. life. You Listen, know? I'll but, tell you but what. It, I don't care if you guys call me that for the sake of that who I was and the persona that I, uh, you know, represented, you know. But uh, they also call me Los, which is a short term of Carlos, you know. Right. The car drove off and just left Los. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I the car that. drove off. Dude, when you said Diablo but, was coming, mm-hmm. look, when you were like, yeah, it's my homeboy Diablo, <laughs> right? Like, we're going to have a serious interview. It's going to be da da da. I got to tell you, I was a little scared. I was like, shit. And I'll tell you what, man. You I should was, be. I was really, that name became me. And I was, I was evil, man. I can honestly say that, at, you know, we all are evil. You know right, what I'm saying? Of we're, we're part divine. I mean, we don't want to let that always. Uh, uh, um, you know, let that reflect who we are, or or take let that over. part, yeah, take over exactly. Right. I mean, but uh, in 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 those days, man, I I I I did some pretty bad stuff, some pretty evil stuff, man. That I, you know, hey, and listen. I'm not, and I'm not, you know, I wouldn't change the way I grew up for anything in the world because it taught me everything. Of course. You know, and and I'm and and I'm just grateful that God still lets me walk and all my limbs work, and because I've seen a lot of misery, man, behind this stuff, man, and I probably caused a lot of misery too. You know, so I'm just grateful to God to let me be able to travel this earth with my body the way he meant us to, you know, because that's the most important thing, I think, is your health and your family's health. You know what I'm saying? And and trying to do something good, you know, even by schooling people to the evils of that. You know? Right. Hey, man. Um, but I'm not no preacher either. That's right. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, listen, I know plenty. I know. Wake listen, up the Diablo. You know? Hey, don't forget the uh, uh-huh. the the original uh, Diablo. He was an angel. He started yeah. out as an angel. So everybody's yeah. got the good and the bad. A fallen angel. Exactly. Maybe I should have said I was handsome. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Los, you, you, uh, you have always, bro, you've always been spinning albums. I mean, man, you guys yeah. should see this guy's collection yeah. of vinyl. Yeah. And like Stole most of something about Los. Los was always like Los was always up on like I love East music. Coast rap and like man, he just he's just well versed, man. Like he is on a lot of things. Like how did that all come to play, Los? How did you when did how did you get his turntables and how did that all start? Okay, um, you know what? When I was a little kid, my uncle gave me a Stevie Wonder album 
It's called Songs in the Key of Life. I and know I, that album. Yeah, and I, and I loved it. That was like 1974, I believe, or something. But he would play all this music, and we always had albums in the house. My mother would clean homes, and she would bring records, like Fiddler on the Roof and Disneyland records. <laughs> yeah. And, and since I was a child, I liked to play with the turntable, spin it backwards, 45, you know, make it go fast, slow. This experiment with sound. And when, when hip-hop came along, and... Um, you know, when hip hop came along, I loved, you know, popping because I used to pop a little bit and break dancing and stuff. So then the music is what really touched my soul, especially like Rapper's Delight, the beginning, that drum beat. Yeah. And I always like percussion. So, shoot, as soon as, you know, the scratching sound came about and I heard it in the music, I wanted to do it. You know what? I and, first and, heard that uh, was the uh, Rocket with Herbie Hancock. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah. that? Grand Mixer DST. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's the shit. Yeah, so I remember I had a buddy. He was from Venice Showline, a Crip gang over there in Venice, and he would come around. He grew up on my block. He would come with albums, Run DMC and Radioactivity oh, Rap. Shit. I remember he gave me Radioactivity Rap, which I consider to be the first uh, actual gangster rap record recorded because he's articulating on actual gangs, L.A. gangs. And what, so wait, Radioactivity Rap? Radioactivity Rap with Who MC, MC Fosty and Love and C. So this guy, I said, hey, man, does this record got scratching in it? And he said, and Derek, this show line, he was older than me. I always looked up to him kind of like a big brother. He tells me, uh, he said, nah, man, if you want scratching, just put, just do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, you go. He lit a light bulb in my head. <laughs> right. My neighbor had a mixer. I took it home. I'm about 12 years old. I plugged up my mom's big old wooden turntable, and I got a tape recorder and plugged them in the back, see what that does. Okay, I just gathers both of the instruments together, and I can play them both at the same time. And then, and then I started scratching, doing my little scratching. Fucking hip-hop MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so Lucky says East Coast rap. I'm from the West Coast. And Lucky, I think he means by that that I've been with, you know, down with hip-hop and the rap music, which originally comes from the East Coast, you know. Right. But, uh, um, but yeah, because I like doing a lot of the old breakbeat mixes with the original jazz records and all that soulful stuff. Sean is actually when it comes, he's a sound nerd and he's one of these dudes that's oh, like he, if he made that beat he's a beast you know yeah. what I'm saying he he's like into like dubstep and I fucking love all I I got African records and, that I use to mix on you know what I mean got, I got you got any 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 fucking sound questions or any beat questions or anything I, for you know album? I was just looking up MC Frosty and Love and C just yeah. to see what MC Fo and you know what's interesting you got to check this documentary this dude that made the beat is a white dude. And he will rap too. You know what I'm saying? He's way, his name is DJ Flash. Look him up. He got a little documentary there. DJ Flash. And, yeah, and these, this is like an early LA rap. Uh, it's called uh, Rapper's Rap Disco Company Records, which this record was made on. Um, Diablo's <laughs> up radio, on his documentary radio, radio game. Radioactivity Rap is the one that Snoop Dogg bit from when he says, cuz, blood, gang bangers, and everybody out there dope slanging. You got to have knowledge in this world. You see, that's. Wait, Snoop. Say, he bit that from who? He bit that from MC Fosty. And love and huh. see. No shit. I don't yeah. think I've Radio ever heard that track. Have you heard that? Oh, track it's before? dope, dude. You're Go on, I, I have a YouTube channel. Later on, I'll, I'll give what you a link it? to it so you can hear that one cut. You know what I mean? That, so uh, yeah. Snoop bit a rhyme from everybody. From everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but he bit from MC Fosty and Love and See, which I personally consider the first gangster rap ever recorded, which is really articulating on on gangs and selling drugs and smoking PCP. 
This is from 1984, I believe. You know what? You should. Yeah. He should present the the link so that when we put this up, we can put some links to some of these things. Absolutely. So people can check them uh, out. This is of course. This is your first. I mean, this is probably right here. PhD level nostalgia. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 The fucking. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Never heard what he just said. Oh so, man, my boy's got so just plenty I, more. I have than to that. say, uh, so uh, the first, like, people regard the first gangster rap yeah. album, yeah, as uh, Schoolie D's PS PSK. Okay, and, I, but, I'm down. I love Schoolie D. But, but check this out. But he's check not this articulating. Out. But check this out. He's it, not articulating. That's 1985. He just, yeah, yeah. So that's 85. You're yeah. Right. So this this track that he's oh, talking man. about is 1984. Ladies Absol and gentlemen, this yeah. is a fucking hard luck exclusive. You're hearing it right now. We're breaking the truth. We're we're breaking some <laughs> myths. We're making history by laying yeah. out what was the original gangster. Right. Breaking yeah. myths yeah. and yeah. making hits. That's when, it. when you hear it, when you hear it, you'll understand what I mean because just the beat, that beat on that thing, man, it's just so raw, man, so street. You know, it takes me back. Music is like a time machine to oh, me. Oh, man. Makes me travel. Wait, so how but did you guys meet? How did you met lucky? In, we met in the neighborhood. Diablo. We met in the neighborhood. You guys are from the same, the same crew? From the same At what game? age What age did you guys meet? Shh. 17, yeah, 18. Yeah, 17, 18. I'm, now, I'm Probably a few young. years older than him, so. I was 17. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was a little bit older than, than Diablo. And uh, I think I might have just gotten home from doing some time. Lucky came out of nowhere like a superstar, man. Like, <laughs> like on, like on executive level type shit, man. Like, yeah, that's how like he carries this dude, himself. I'm like, man, this dude, this dude right here, he has his, you know, his hands in a lot of stuff, man. But in the stuff that, you know, that's above the ghetto, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's why I he respect was like my in man. Oh man, this dude's mind works fast, man. That's why we call him <laughs> the octopus, man. Because his mind's got like eight tentacles, man. It's wrapping yeah. around everything. Yeah. Yeah, man. Right there, SM. The hood. Yep. Um, On the alley of 21st, I mean, we took all those pictures. Exactly. What some pictures? classic pictures. What pictures? We took some pictures for... Uh, Stevan. Yeah, with a Stevan for Not Guilty, Not Guilty brand. Yeah. And that was like so innovative. That was like so revolutionary too. That was like nineteen. That was nineteen ninety two. Yeah. That was your clothing company, Lucky. Right. That not was, guilty. Not guilty. That right. was yours, huh? Right. I love them yep. shirts too. Yep. And I made Santa Monica shirts, Southside shirts, but I did everything in like Raiders in our neighborhood colors. Yeah. Raiders colors and what, shit. What, your neighborhood colors were Raiders. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, Raiders. Black. That's the color of the Santa Monica rag. You know, it's black. Uh, black bandana. And, um, we just, and we'd always wear Raider shit. That's how you could yeah. tell it was us. Dude, some girl told me one day. Uh, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no. I was just gonna, gonna say. I was uh, gonna say that I went to I went to the went to the hood and we had everybody from the Littles. Yeah. From, <laughs> from 17th Street, so all the clicks was just like from 21st Street. If you're from Santa Monica, just everybody had everybody showed Come up. Through. Everybody supported. Hold on a second. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's. I want to get this clear because I don't know if people understand the whole thing. Because yeah. you guys are saying two. You got organizational levels to the the gang culture what you're saying you're saying there's a neighborhood geographical yeah they're, it's they're cliques and then okay so is there different heads and generational different mm -hmm. and geographical right okay great so the the actual gangs that are called cliques yeah no, well yeah but there's different the actual gang right? is a title of the gang which is santa monica the Go. cliques are subsets or chapters Break of offs. that gang that are you know that are that that are born geographically and generationally, you know what I mean? Like 17th Street, the first clique was called Santa Monica 17th Street. I'm not saying the first clique. I'm saying in my from my clique, the first clique was uh from that line was 17th Street locals. Then you had the 17th Street tiny locals. 
This is like 70s and 80s. Then you got my clique, which is like 80s and 90s of peewee locals. Kiwi so these are like sub-generational okay. cliques that, that come about. But like I said, the first gang was Santa Monica Tomato Gang. You know, right. I, wish, I wish I could do more history about all that stuff. We should. And, 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 I, and, I, and I will try because, if you know, if you Google Santa Monica Gang, it'll tell you that it's like the original gang of the West Side. You know, as far as Chicano gangs and then like some other gangs, the other gangs broke off from like when they brought the Freeway Project through there. There's a good, good book called Gangs of Los Angeles that explains that pretty good, written by a, a LAPD detective. So, so, uh, so, okay. So, so I get this straight. The neighborhood's kind of like the state and then the cliques are like a county. This, let's say, let's say, okay, okay. You, you see could, what I'm you saying? You say that. So the, the, the I was going to say like a country and then the cliques are like states. Right, but, but the, I'm going but, one lower. Yeah. So you got the neighborhood. But I think yours might be a better reference because then we all belong to the 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 the, neighborhood. the big country of yeah. Sureños. Sureños right. would be the country. Right. So, so you got Sureños, yeah. right? Southsiders. Then you got the the neighborhoods, which would be the state. Yeah. Then underneath that, you got the cliques, like the subsets of Pee Wee, whatever. Yeah, Seventeenth right? Street, Eleventh Street. Right, Pee Wee, whatever. Right. And they're like the counties. Right. Got that's it. A, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, and analogy. you guys, are, you guys are the uh, are basically the sheriffs of those counties. <laughs> Yeah, basically, and sometimes or, or there's outlaws. Some, <laughs> sometimes there's static even within that city, right? Yeah. In that neighborhood, so, you, know, so like, you have a county. It's a phenomenon known as set tripping. You know? Exactly. What and is set tripping? That's when different clicks. It's a state where 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 you might have a guy from a 11th Street clique or from the little locals clique, and a guy from 17th Street clique, and boasting, and and, and and in the process of boasting, and just you know, male egos collide you know what i mean and it might become a fist fight and you know there was a point that where our set tripping in my neighborhood got to the point where you know somebody got killed you know what i mean and uh and uh you know it's terrible man because yeah, i was afraid of that because city. not only do i have to be aware of my enemies like sotel venice culver city all these other gangs not you know not only do i have to be aware of that but at a certain time growing up we were feuding so much within ourselves that it was dangerous, you know what I mean, just around my own homeboys, you know what I mean? My own homies might be my executioner, you know? Right. So, I mean, that you see that that similar story in a lot of these organized crime things where it's yeah. like, you know... And you, it's sad it got to that point, you know? Because some brothers are ignorant. You got ignorance in all domains, you know, from the course. White House on down to the street gang, you know? From the White House I, to I, the poor house. Yeah, yeah. So, I want to keep it moving over here. Yes, sir. Um, so ultimately, though, ultimately, Los, I mean, like, yeah. the rah-rah, the this and that, you know, at some point in time for us, mm -hmm. usually, it comes with a penalty. Yeah. You know, we got, you pay price tags to live this life, you know, exactly. in many different ways. And and part of the, the, the main ones are we give up our time and our freedom. Um, fuckers, we get, we get locked up, you know. Sometimes, uh, a, a lot of, of times life. for nothing, a lot of times for a little something. But you, when did you start going to? Uh, when did you start? When did you go upstate? When was the first time you went upstate? Um, I believe that was in probably '92, and you I was already number? on. You have an H number, or exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, H five two six oh, seven. Okay. Oh, there you go. So what's an what's an H number versus? That's the number that they happen to be on at that particular. Uh, time and you know yeah, so like they right get now, convicted they give you a state number because you're going to state prison like Manson probably had number. what like an A or yeah, I don't a or B number yeah because he was early on early on 
So when you're so when they give you the number, you can kind of tell when a guy went to state exactly. prison based on the first yeah, no, no, uh, letter. When he Lucky said, nailed that pretty quick. Well, because 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 I picked up my first number. What was it your was letter? A, it was an HO number, and I know that it was it was in '91. Was a, wow. I got an HO number? Wow. You have a H what? Five, five. H five number. So he went in '92. But then I wow. picked up a second number. I Damn. picked up a J four number, and wow. that was in '94. Wow. So wow. and then uh, what? What like cranks? He showed that, me his brother. thing and he had a killer number. Yeah. He had a K number. I'm like, when did you get that K number? What are you doing? About <laughs> 95. He goes, yeah, I went in 96. K. So you wow. know when everybody's going in. Okay, so you yeah. went in. How long? How long were you down up in the state? Um, I did about two years that time. Two or three. Two years. Uh, I think I got three. I should have did half, but I, you know, getting into trouble and stuff yeah. in there. What kind it's of trouble? Hard. I mean, riots and different things in there that happen, you know? Yeah, you just it's get like, pick up more time. It's hard, to, it's hard to get out, you know, Once be you're a model in, inmate yeah. <laughs> when you're a Southsider. Yeah. Right. Mm, you know. <clears throat> what was the uh, charge? What was the charge? Um, I think I got a, uh, I, I was already like on probation for selling drugs. And then the LA 92 riots, I got a lot of robberies behind that. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, ro robberies. You know, when that Ronnie King... Uh, incident no thing kicked off. We were acting a fool. You know? People were just doing whatever wait, they wanted. Wait, 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 it was wait, like wait, the wait, Wild wait, West out there. I love. It was one of my favorite days. <laughs> yeah, it was dog. We we're going buck wild out there. What you, you come, up, what'd you come said, up with? Man, everything. We got guns. We got. <laughs> we broke into the tire shop across the street from the alley where we hanged out at. I had all these Mexican people's apartments stacked up with tires in there. <laughs> I said, so you got like said, a wheelbarrow. You, you put, it, you put it here, I'll give you money later. <laughs> the cops like, were too busy, so you can get all the good here, tire wait, shop. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second, okay. So before, before that started, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. When, like, when does somebody in your neighborhood, and with your, in your ilk, with your set of skills, right? Uh -huh. When do you realize, oh, shit, store's open, it's time to run out? Because there's a point where you don't know yet, like, oh, okay, I think uh -huh. the cops are... When did you were like, oh, shit, it's on? When I had a homie named Mario, uh, my homie Weddle's big brother, he had a little son, like, four or five years old, and we're in the <laughs> alley, there was a curfew, we, and, you know, gang members ain't gonna be inside uh, no house. <laughs> missing all that fun yeah and 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 i seen the homie going to the liquor store and i was like keeping point on top of the staircase just looking off pico and it was incredible the desertedness of everything yeah just, it's just it's just weird like a twilight so you were zone. on lookout yeah i was looking out and i seen him going to the i said hey mario where you going i yelled at him and he said uh i'm gonna go to the liquor store get some beer I said, man, store's closed. He said, I'm going to open it up. <laughs> and he busted the window and had a little baby boy go in there, fit through them gates and grates or whatever, and go bring us all the beer and everything else he wanted. And said, go then, ahead, mijo, go get candy if you want. <laughs> and, so then, and so then from right there, you were like, you know what? So then we busted into the tire store and took all the tires, and then we went to L.A. and did some more stuff because – you know, it was more happening in L.A., like, you know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Did you, look, did you grab anything? Hell yeah. What did you get? I was with Estevan. We were driving around. We went up to, they were they were getting uh, good guys up on Sunset and La Brea. So right when they kicked that off, we ran up in there and we got some TV, some sound man. equipment. Oh, yeah. shit. It's funny, man, because we were taking some guns at some gun shop like on Western or a pawn shop. And we were in there robbing, and this, you know, we're a gang, and then there's some other dudes probably from an area, probably from 18th Street or something. I don't know where they were from. But we kind of looked at each other, and we are about to start with the, you know, where you from, or, you know, just 
beef. We would just clash. Back then, it was just on on site. When yeah. uh, when you know when you find a, uh, another gang member, you know, usually it's going to lead to violence. You know, right? Because usually, you know, all gangs in Los Angeles is beefing with each other. You know, yeah. Or it, it's just you know, like I said, it's just it was like that. But we looked at each other, and we, it was about to be like we're about to go into that phase of it. Yeah. Like where you vatos from or where or they were going to, you know, but we just looked at each other and just fuck this. We kept stealing, man. So that's kind of like, you know what that's like? <laughs> Let like, it go. That's like when uh, like lions or fucking cheetahs and, and whatever else yeah. come down to the watering hole. And right. it's like, you know what? Shit's too good right now for us to attack each other. Oh, Let's yeah? just get what we're wow. going to get and fucking leave. That's right. Cool. So that's I'm going to cool. I'm going to not name an exact location but me and esteban are going through hollywood and (laughs) as soon as we hit the uh it was sam goodies is where we were at right (laughs) right so as we're leaving sam goodies sam goodies no no because that's not listen okay so as we're leaving sam goodies we tried we headed over in the direction of where there was a little bit better retail stores gotcha gotcha (laughs) the thing was is that we were rolling we were rolling around and we had a strap we need a gun, you know, uh, yeah. with us because yeah. it's the riots, right? Right. Yeah. And so real quickly, I figured out that everybody was trying to get shit. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I let me just say it like this. I let some other people go in and do all the hard work. And when they came out and they were filling their car, I just wanted to rob them. (laughs) (laughs) So we did that a couple times. That's the best thing I've ever heard. So like they went in. So let me get this straight. So these people would go in. They were like, man, we're going to get whatever. They do all the shopping, carrying, load up the car. And then you just walk up and be like, thank you. There was like a couple white dudes that was like trying to do their shit. And I was like, these motherfuckers ain't got nothing. (laughs) I just pulled the strap and took their shit. And then there was like some smokers. There were some smokers. So they were just smoking. You could tell they were smokers. And they had gone through the back of this one. And I just went back there and was just like, took their shit too. So. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Oh, you yeah. know, that's exactly like, dude, dude, also too. That is exactly like you see on these nature channels. You'll see like a predator, whatever, work for like days and take <laughs> yeah. down like a deer. And then just a bigger predator will come along come and say, punk like, thank you. I'll take that. Give me guy. that. That's awesome. I remember me and the homie were rolling around, me and the homie Weddle. And just feeling evil, like I said, it was some sort of evilness in there. In the air, times. dog, right? And, and, What's and, that? And we were rolling down this alley, and I remember we seen some dudes with a briefcase open sitting in an alley. Some white guys, you know, in like suits and stuff. I'm like, hey, wait, let's let's jack them fools. They probably right. got dope in that suit. You know, I right. watch a lot of movies. So I'm like, yeah. and I'm thinking that's how it goes down. I said, they probably got, so we went up, we got off, we snuck up on them with the bandanas on in the car, and, and like 12 at night, they're sitting in the alley. It's weird. So I knock on the window. I said, hey, man, close that suitcase. Give me that suitcase. Give me your wallet and everything. And this dude was arrogant. This motherfucker, you know, the other dude was scared. He gave up everything quick. I said, give me that watch. We took all this stuff. And he gives me the suitcase and everything. And he says, he gives me the wallet. And he tells me, take the damn money in the wallet. He said, give me back my ID. Or he said, take the wallet, get the money, and give me back my wallet. He tells me like that. Right. And I said, what motherfucker? I said, Motherfucker, you might not ever even get to use this ID again in your life. What if I shoot your motherfucking ass? Shut the fuck up. And I, and I slapped him on his head for his arrogance. You yeah, that's right. With the pistola. And I got the wallet and I just throw it back in his face. Here, motherfucker, you want it so bad. But I couldn't believe he said that to me. I said, motherfucker, are you crazy? Yeah. He had some yeah. You know yeah, this is a real balls. gun? Yeah. But so yeah he wait, was mad. Wait, so what, what, did he, what mm. was in the briefcase? Nothing. <laughs> you know what, nothing. dude? You know what? Well, some people. It was weird. And it, that is weird. Yeah. But you know what? Some people's casino is like an actual casino. Yeah. But Diablo, your casino is an alley. 
Yeah. Like whenever you're watching an alley, you always see like there might be a jackpot. Yeah, yeah that's how yeah. my work. Black dude with a brown bag, yeah. white dudes in a suit. So let me ask you something. So, all right, doggy. So things went at some point in time, Los. Yeah. Things went south. I know that I was I was busted and gone for a while, a number of times. But I remember I was out um, when I finally got out and stayed out. I remember you got picked up, dog, and then you were gone yeah. for a decade. You Thanks were gone. for being locked. Yeah. Uh, what what happened, dog? And what I, happened? Like, and I say thanks to Bin Laden because around that time when they knocked them damn buildings down, when Bush or whoever did that shit knocked the buildings down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, and they blame it on Bin Laden. But anyways, whatever. But they were tightening up. They were yeah. They were tightening up on the borders around that time. So <sighs> I started going. It was hard to get dope, and I started getting frustrated, man, because. To maintain my lifestyle, I had to make a lot of money, man. I used, to, you know, I had to have, I had to make thousands of dollars every day. That was just my. And is that you know possible I mean? in this game? Is that possible? It, it, yeah, it, it used to be. I don't fuck around no more, but it was, you know. I, but I was like, man, making money and stuff like that. But all of a sudden, it was hard to get dope because they locked down on all the borders because of that incident with the buildings. Holy so, fuck. I had to actually start going to my family over there in El Paso and Juarez and, 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 and over there and, and, and go go come, go come re-up, you know what I mean? And in doing so, I started going to other states and doing stuff like that, man. And, and when you say re-up, you're saying I had, to go, yeah. I had to go over and go get, get my some fucking birds. supply. Yeah, because I said, man, if I can't get these and make do what I do, I'm going to have to rob a banker. So I was getting desperate, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a trip what money does to you, man, you know. To keep but, up that uh, lifestyle. I was never greedy. I never did it for the greed of it or to stack up money. Like some dude in prison told me he was on a wheelchair. This black dude from DC tells me, hey man, uh, when I used to slang, man, I used to get this and I used to get TVs and hoes and all. I said, man, I used to get all that too. We got it on the devil's credit card, brother. But now we're here in the feds doing a lot of years. So God charges for that shit with interest, man. You, you wound up having to pay. Yeah. So yeah. you so, so you were forced to go out to other states because of Bin Laden and everything got locked down. So what happened? Um, I got cracked on one of those trips, man. You know what I mean with some dope. You know, so how much? It became how much dope? Not much, what? man. My Flying cousins, or, my co or driving? no driving, and my cousins were out of town. They were at a wedding in Mexico, so I couldn't. And it was a good thing because I would have had much, much more. I wouldn't be here today with you guys in this nice afternoon. So I just wanted to grab a couple of them just to just to get by for the weekend and, and, and take them, take them. Yeah. And we're going to take them to another part of the country. Right. And that's, we got cracked with that, you know, and we had some Sherm. It wasn't a, it was, we had PCP like in a gallon thing. So what, what that's a ghetto version of, of, of hallucinogens. What is <laughs> PCP? PCP angel dust. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? See, is that PC sucks, man, because like we were talking about psychedelics yeah. earlier and that's a beautiful thing, man. You know what I'm saying? It, well, PCP ain't. No, nah, PCP is like from the other side of the spectrum. It's not <laughs> angel it's dust, like, bro. It's different. Angel dust, PCP is like embalming fluid. Like, okay. Like, it's a liquid. Right. Angel and dust angel is dust when is they- a powder they, that you- Yeah, I don't know how they do it. The right. old timers used to talk about putting it on some mint leaf and then crushing uh -huh, it. Exactly. So they like and crystallize. Sherm is like sherm. You dip wet, it. That's liquid. Wet. wet. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I didn't smoke a lot of angel dust, but we definitely smoked sherm. There was a time in my side. life where I was smoking quite a bit of it around the time I got cracked, you know? And uh What authority cracked that you? That shit is evil, man. Huh? What authority cracked you? Uh they got me like in one of them checkpoints. Because I used to go to El Paso all the time and there was never all those checkpoints. Right. They actually opened up more. So 
I it, fucked up, man. You know what I'm saying? They got us. You know? So hold on a second. Let me get this straight. You didn't actually leave the country. No, you went no. to another state. Yeah, I was doing. In, in, yeah, I wasn't leaving the country. Exactly. In the and, <clears throat> but state lines, state lines, right. crossing state lines. So they had right. checkpoints. Yeah. Right. So what kind of car were you driving? Do you remember? It was some kind of little rented car, uh, some kind of Dodge Caravan or something like that. Okay. Where did, where did you stash the the kilos? Man, we had that shit in the engine, man. Like in the like engine, stash. taped to it. Yeah, man. But you know, so how it's just they... that it's just that it was so hot at that time that. There was checkpoints now open that we never came across before. You right. Know? We used to go these routes, and now they were, you know what I mean? So you had it if, on the if, engine. So when you uh-huh. so you pull up to the checkpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Are, now, are you trip? Is anybody with you? Yeah, my partner. Okay. My partner that we were taking it to his people, a black dude named Goldie, man, my boy Goldie. He's, he's a blood. He's actually Suge Knight's big homie. He's from Lutus Park, some gang, a blood gang in Compton. And he has some connections over there. And, you know, he's a good dude, man, because when they got us, he took the rap for the gun. I took the dope. He could have just he could have been a punk and just left it in the truck. You know what I mean? Right. And I would have caught the whole thing. Then I would have got I got enhanced as a career criminal. Right. But it could have been an armed career criminal. And, you know, I wouldn't have got up under 20 so years when with you, that. When you, you, so, you know, you got this shit in the engine. You know, there's a fucking gat. And then you see that checkpoint. And I'm you, a Mexican. I got a black dude with me. <laughs> that You know what I mean? It was just, it it's, was, man, mind-boggling why the hell I would do that. But like I said, it was desperate times. I'll make a killing here in, the, in, 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 in my beloved city here in L.A., you know what I mean? But it was just so tight that I, you know, desperate times call for desperate <laughs> measures, they say. And then but, what do you uh, do, what do you guys think about when you see that checkpoint? Now, do you guys tell each other, like, hey, calm down, just be cool? Like, what do you do to try to get through that checkpoint? Probably, we probably said something to each other like that. But you know what was so, what was so like, uh, what do you call it? the irony of it? The city where this checkpoint was was called Truth or Consequences. I'm That's like, the, oh, ain't that about what? a bitch? You know, what? What part of the state? Where is That's it? That's in New Mexico. God, coming out God of, damn. And I've got this dope truth. on me and all this shit. And I, like, if the truth is found, you're going to suffer some consequences. Oh, God, damn. That I'm shit like, almost sounds planned. And like, it sounds, I and it's, I like just felt a fucking fucked up fear in my heart, man. Oh. Like, I knew I was done, man. Damn. So done. then, okay. So yeah, now, is there a line, or do you roll? You're rolling up, and they tell you to stop. They told us to stop and go to a secondary checkpoint. Oh. They, didn't, they just knew yeah, sight on scene. Did they bring then in a dog? Ca- then we had California plates. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they brought the dog. Done. We were done, man. It was. It was like. <sighs> That's the worst feeling. It, that worst feeling. The and then they worst said, feeling, bro. Then at 3 in the morning, I'm, I'm, I wake up in cuffs, and I'm like, where are you guys taking me? They said, we're taking you to Doña Ana. I said, what the hell is that? Your aunt's house or something? We're going to get some menudo or something? <laughs> right, right. That's the county jail. <laughs> oh, you know, man, And so they grab, they know, sight, they just see you guys. They're like, pull over there. Yeah. Just yeah, pull yeah. over there. They bring out California the place on the truck, too. Yeah. You know, when you leave California... And they uh, other states, they like you're like notorious for some reason. Exactly. Yeah. That's, all that's, eyes on you. Yeah. That's all true. eyes on you. All right. Cool. Like all they right. think we just uh, like the craziest people on the earth or something everywhere else. <laughs> Lois, you went to the feds, huh? Yes, sir. That was federal time because because of, of crossing state lines, that becomes a federal case. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and what they how much time you do, Lois? Well, they gave me eleven. Um, they gave me eleven, so I did a, about ten and some change, maybe a little. 
Damn. And how Listen, old are you? Wait, how old were you when you caught this? I think this I was like 31, I think, bro. Damn, dog. That's a little, that's it uh, fucked man, me up. a dime of yeah. fucking hold you. And that's a stretch I have to do then. Because yeah, that's the yeah. premiere of your life, dog. Uh, right. Your 30s. Yeah, right. Basically saying, yeah. you're dumb for your 30s. Yeah. Count those out. That's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. well, what's the oh, difference? God. Is there a difference between state prison and federal prison? Jesus Christ. Yeah. There, yeah, that, yeah. There is. What's yeah. the difference? Um, I would say the state prison, especially here in California, which is the only prison I know, is like, it's it's really like it's really rough, man. You know what I mean? The federal prison now is getting to the point like the state prison because the difference would be you have doctors and judges and lawyers and cops in the feds like before, but now they make everything federal. So now you got all the ghetto in there now, just like the state. So it's getting that bad with politics between like like the gangs, you know what I mean, like the Hispanics and the blacks going at each other's throat, just like in the state. Before it was the feds was a little bit more like, you would say what high class of prison? Yes, and you want to know something, Los? I, I can only speak from I've never been to the feds, but but I'm speaking when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from 20 years ago right. from when I was doing Cadillac state time. time. And if you went to the feds opposed to the state, oh, you had it made. Yeah, they you was, mean that was clean. That's nice. You're gonna have things. You the, the white collar. You go to the state. You this grimy, some shit. You're picking grimy. up more time. Yeah, and, and and it's cracking off Politics. too. You got to get down. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was different. But as as Los is saying. It's starting to change because they started yeah, yeah. making all these federal. Uh, they started making all these laws that apply to gangs, yeah. federal laws. Right. So now drugs the feds are filling up. So yeah. it's it's different. As Los went in there, feds was changing. It was yeah. becoming more yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. And it's a little bit more laid back, but uh, it's still rough, man. You know what I'm saying? Because because as an attorney, especially like, in the higher um, higher um, what do you say? Higher security, right? Because levels. levels. As an attorney. When we go up against a state judge, mm -hmm. right, we got a little bit more latitude with a state judge because right. a lot of these guys are just regular jamokes. Uh -huh. So we can be in there. They, the, the state judge gets a little crazy. You can kind of yeah. like talk back and give some attitude and be like, hey, you know, what's what's wrong with you? You know, pull up mm -hmm. your black robe, pull the stick out of your ass and let's <laughs> do this shit right. Right. The federal level, the federal level, they don't play that shit. 99% uh, conviction rate or something At like the federal that. level, as a lawyer, with the, whatever the judge wants to do, that's what the judge is going to do. Wow, like and that? The, and, and they will, no, one lawyer was just telling blood. me yesterday that he went, had a federal case and the judge was doing some crazy shit and he wanted to say something. The judge said, all right, we're going to take a recess right now. And he looked at my man and he said, counsel, I want you to go outside and I want you to look at what's etched in stone in front of this courthouse. What? Wow. And the guy went outside, and it was the judge's name, etched in stone. Oh, When wow. he came back, he said, what did you see out there, counselor? He said, I saw your name etched in stone. And he said, that's right, and we're going to run this thing the way I say. Wow. It's fucking, but you know what? Makes me want to throw up, man. Fuck that fucking judge. Yeah. I said that shit. <laughs> Fuck that federal judge on the side of the neck. Some guy right, told so, me a similar story where he said, what did it say when you crossed that Texas borderline? He said, don't mess with Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy told me, the judge actually told me, he said, now you're going to learn it because I'm going to give you 20 years. Oh, <laughs> damn. Hey, dog, give uh, me a give me a, like, You were up there. So one thing that's interesting is like when the, the, the feds. The mix of people. You yeah, got, yeah, dog, like in the state. You don't really get I like mobsters get and stuff, at. yeah. But like out and then the feds, you get a mix of people, like right. a variety of people. Like man, what kind of people were in there with you? Yeah, I met a lot of your brother, a lot of my Native American brothers, man. Yeah. Good cats, man. Good cats. You know why? Met, why are a lot of Indians uh, in the fed? 
because a lot of the stuff they do, like I was saying earlier, whether like, you know, a guy, you know, say Jimmy Eagle steals a pair of boots, you know, and it, and it, and it happens to be they caught him with the stolen boots on the res. Now it becomes federal because reservations are federal land. So right. it's, you know, and then a, a lot of them brothers, a lot of them brothers get a lot of murder cases, yep. that, which they often regret, man, due to alcohol. You know, they drink. One guy told me, man, I killed my best friend on a Mesa. Um, we were drinking and, you know, the guy was a golfer. He was a great guy, man. So, you know, my Native American brothers got, you know, their own issues and social, you know, um, problems that they deal with. But, you know, I, I, it was an honor to meet a lot of them cats, you know. And uh, I met an interesting mix of people, man. You know, like I met, um, as a matter of fact, I met a lot of old mobsters that have been in the, since the 80s, since been in jail since the 80s. Yeah. Damn, and I worked really? in the prison hospital where, uh, you know, the good fellas, you know, the older one, Polly, he, died, he died in that hospital in Fort Worth, Texas, in the feds. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. Don't run over that. <laughs> You're telling me that Polly. I wasn't with him at the time, but no, he did die there, yeah. He died in the prison where you were working at the hospital. And I was working in the hospital. You were a trustee or whatever? I was what you call a CCA or a ICA, inmate care attendant. So I would help out in the, in the prison hospital. When I first got there, this old Italian man, he was a Gambino, but he was a soldier, so he didn't have a, a whole lot of lights on when nobody was home. But he asked me, he said, hey, kid, you new here. What's your name? I said, uh, my name's Maldonado, sir. And he said, oh, I'm Italian too. <laughs> so, so, so Mr. Salvatore Merlino, rest in peace, he was an underboss of the Philly family with Nicky Scarfo and them. He was a, a, Damn, a number you know two your shit, So boy. he was very intelligent. And he heard that comment, and he said, that ain't no Italian name. That's some sort of Spanish name. He said, you don't know the language. I know the language. <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked him, I said, where you from, sir? He said, I'm from Sicily, pal. I said, oh, yeah. I said, I heard the Sicilians and the Napolitanos, you know, the people from Naples. Yeah. I heard you guys don't like each other too good. He said, that's a bunch of crap, buddy. Whoever told you that took you for a ride. He said, <laughs> he said I, I knew John Gotti. I liked him good. He was from Naples. I said, how about uh, Lucky Luciano? Where was he from? He was from Sicily. I said, how about Al Capone? Where was he from? He was from Naples. And that's all I'm going to say about that thing. I ain't going to get 20 more fucking years for something coming out of my mouth and fucking feds. And he was, he was tough, man. That, that old man was tough, man. His son is now the boss of that family. No shit. Sure. Skinny Joey Merlino. Skinny Joey Merlino. That's he's a boss of the Philly family now. And Mr. and Mr. He man, he that 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 old man was always griping about that. I showed him a picture of a boat. I said, it's a nice yacht, ain't it? Cause I like to sit in the room and hear their stories and just Right, you know, right, talk right, to right, right. They got love for me. So I said, hey Mr. Merlino, check out this boat. It's nice, ain't it? Mm -hmm. And he said, Yeah, but you can't do nothing with it. The fuck you want to just look at it for man. he said i got like five of them things over there in jersey i can't ride it i don't want to see the fucking thing he said man you institutionalized maldonado <laughs> he's been in there for like 20 some years he, one day he asked me said hey uh hey, hey marin he liked to call me marinero he knows yeah. my last name is maldonado but he liked to call me out of my name he just, uh -huh. Uh -huh. just hey, to be asked hey, yeah. hey marinero what's for dinner tonight <laughs> i said they got enchiladas mr Molina. you better come get some them shits are good he said Man, them shits ain't no good. He said, I went to Acapulco with John Gotti. We went over there. We had some real enchiladas in Acapulco. If you think them shits are good, you institutionalized, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just breaking balls. Yeah. Tell you about that. About that. We think you're rich. Oh, yeah. I told Lucky, man, that this one guy put wealth 
and your health in a, in a perspective I would have never thought of. He put it in a whole new life for me because there was another old man that built that Kodak Theater. He was a mobster guy. His name was John Niccolo. What Kodak he, Theater? The Kodak Theater in Hollywood. The one that's there now? Yeah, he robbed him for like $10 million. And one day he <laughs> nodded out on his wheelchair because I used to take him to get his mail and everything. He nodded out one day and I said, hey, uh, uh, he nodded. So I looked, I read what he did and he stole $10 million from that company, from Kodak yeah. while bank making the building. Yeah. One day he looked so sad. I said, what's wrong, Mr. Niccolo? I said, you look sad. He said, this is the first Christmas I'm going to ever spend away from Connie in 40 years. And I said, that's all right, Mr. Nicola. You'll be out there soon. You only got like two, three more years. You'll be all right. You rich, too. I seen all that money you stole from Kodak. And he said, I didn't take nothing from nobody, wise guy. <laughs> and he, tell me, he said, oh, so you think I'm rich, huh? I said, yeah, I think you're rich. He said, all right, then. Sell me your kidney. For a million bucks, that's a lot of money, ain't it? Will you, give, will you sell me your kidney for a million bucks? I said, no, nah, I wouldn't do it. And he said, all right, sell me your liver then. I'll give you two million for that. I said, no, nah, I wouldn't. Would you do it? I said, nope. He said, well, there, then you see, you're the one that's fucking rich. I can't even buy a fucking liver off you. He said, he said and I'm not going to ever see my wife again because guess what, wise guy? I don't got two years. The doctor said I only got one year left. All I got is a bunch of paper I can't do nothing with. So he Damn. put health in a whole new perspective. He said, you're the one that's rich. Am I crazy that I, that I, I am contemplating selling a kidney for a million bucks? Is that a crazy thought <laughs> no, for me? That's just good business, bro. <laughs> I mean, business I got sense. two, right? Yeah, yeah. bro. <laughs> that's but the guy crazy. didn't make it. I looked him up not too long ago, and he's, 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 he's gone, man. Did he, he, did he die in prison? He died. Damn. He died. And there's another man in there that wrote a book. I could, you know, I could go on for days about these 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 guys. Man. We could listen for there's days. Some, there's some horror stories, you know. I, I actually, actually, I'm 99% convinced that they warped this man's mind. That was a lawyer. He wrote a book called "Busted by the Feds." Um, what is his name? Um, the book is called "Busted by the Feds," and 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 this man was a lawyer, you know, and he was doing appeals for guys in jail. He was suing. He was always suing the feds from prison. Wow. And 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 that's bad. And and, and 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 this dude became a nuisance Larry to the feds. Fassler? Larry Fastler, Mr. Fastler, exactly. This guy, uh, shoot, man, this guy. One day, his I'm t I'm saying this guy was doing appeals, and he ha he has law books in his in his in his room. I say a room because it's not like a prison cell. They're in a hospital setting. So this dude's doing appeals. Some big black dude just brought like like four bags of groceries, probably like 300 bucks worth of stuff, man, to work on his appeal. So so he's he's got a mind, man, and he's working, you know. And one day I seen him stumbling in the hallway. He didn't even remember what room number he was in. They took him to the hospital on the streets, like away from the prison. And then one day later I see him, and he's holding on to the wall looking for his room number. I said, what's wrong, Mr. Fastler? He said, what, 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 what's my room number? Stuttering and stuff. I'm like, what do you mean what's your room number? So you and think they took him off site and fucked with his brain? They did some to him. They did some some cuckoo's nest, uh, Jack Nicholson shit to him. Right. Because when he came, me. one day the nurse, like four days later, I said, "What's wrong with this guy?" So the nurse, four days later, told Maldonado, get him in the shower, and, and he he smells. So he had he had pissed on himself and stuff. And me and my partner took him, you know, in this institutional type showers where they could sit and all that. We're helping him shower up, and he's just sitting there, and I say watch yourself mr faster and i'm telling my buddy in there i said man what's wrong with this dude this dude got to remember case laws and all kinds of shit because he's a lawyer he don't even remember what room number he's in look how he is man and he's just sitting there i gave him the wash rag 
And I gave it to him. And he looks at it. He starts looking at it like he's reading a newspaper. Holy I said, that ain't shit. no legal paperwork, man. Scrub yourself. I start going like this. And he started doing it real fast. And it was funny to me. So me and the guy start laughing the way he was bathing himself, you know. Um, I told my buddy, I said, hey, man, I'm laughing, but it's not funny, man. Right. It's like a nervous laugh, you know, because they did something to this man because he it became a problem to him. He was costing them too much money yeah. with all of his appeals and stuff. And, and I told my buddy, I said, it's funny, man. I mean, I mean, I'm laughing, but it's not funny, and we better be careful not to say nothing about it. They'll do the same to us, man. Right. You exactly. know what I mean? That's, I, that's a crazy story, Lowe's. Yeah. It's yeah. the truth, you know? Yeah, it is. I know that shit's the I truth, I know they bro. did. You don't lose your mind from one day to the next. I mean, you're sure he could have had a stroke or something, but I, but I just they don't probably see helped him. Yeah, they, they probably helped him have a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they did. That's fucked up. Yeah. Um, and that judge that had his name etched out in the front of that courthouse had something to do with it. Sure. <laughs> <I'm back. laughs> All right. Yeah, so, bro. Hey, Los, when did you, when did you pro? How long ago has it been that you've been out now? I think it's been about, shit, seven, eight years been a minute man you know what was tell me dog mm -hmm. like you know because because people got their ideas of what it's like transitioning after spending yeah. 10 years in prison you know um i mean what what, what were some of the, what were some of the what's some of the biggest challenges you know some, some of the, the biggest, biggest hurdles challenges. that you've had to tr that you've had to face in 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 getting back out here and also you didn't come back Kinda, to selling dope you no, you no. know you pick up a trade in there like what kind of stuff Man, I try to take some courses in there. I took some creative writing courses in there um, just to drop my points so I could go to a lower security and try to make it home without getting into any more problems because the higher securities are a little when more When you rough. say drop your points, what does that mean? Your security level points. So when you take courses and stuff like that, it drops points on you. The higher your points, the higher of a custody level you're at. So, you know, and there's a lot of stuff going on in there, you know, in the higher securities that you know that and that makes you, you could potentially catch more time you know so that makes more you violent mean, places more you're doing time with dudes with more time and less of giving a fuck in so the mind. less points <laughs> you have the more eligible you are for parole not for parole necessarily but to go to a lower custody prison yeah. where it's a little smoother sailing you right. know what i mean okay. and where you yeah, can yeah. hope to reach that date okay you know? Yeah, you have yeah, a little more you're hope. kind of showing them that you're programming. So if you're yeah. programming, you get to be in somewhere that's a little more calmer of an atmosphere. Yeah. You can do your time and get out. Yeah. If they think you're a knucklehead, you're not participating, you're trying not trying to better yourself, the they'll only, leave you up in a higher yeah. custody level where there's riots, fight, like yeah. more yeah. of that. And, and your chances uh -huh. of just skating through there are less. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you have yeah. to give and take, too, like the respect level also drops when you go to these lower ones because you got there some you go. knucklehead first-termers that don't know how to do time. and so It's and a way then, out. You got to yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said to me the other day, brother, you said the, the, the benefit outweighs the inconvenience sometimes. Yep. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. You know what? You know what's a trip is that people don't, people don't really understand that. And I've tried to explain it before that I spent most of my time on level four yards where most of the people were doing life they weren't getting out so yes they have a they have a give a fuck attitude like right a, if a cop disrespects them a co oh, disrespects man. them they're gonna plan out to murder that cop because yeah. they're already they're already doing life can't so do it anymore like, dog what yeah more can you do it make? doesn't matter what kind so another race or something yeah. like that one of those dudes makes a mistake it's going down yeah but there's all so so some people will look at that and be like, well, I wouldn't want to be on that level because at any point in time, any little fucking thing, and I could pick up a life sentence in there. And okay, that's one way to look at it. The other way is the cops 
how they address me on a level four yard is, excuse me, Mr. Luciano, can we have a word with you? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They can't punk you because they don't punk you. They expose, and they're scared. And then other races, they're not going to walk crossing between me and Diablo talking. They're going to walk around. They're going to respect it. You know, that's a good point. And then, like the people themselves, you don't have child molesters with you on those yards. These are solid comics and people that have. There's a certain way to your time. I'd rather be around them dudes, right? Yeah. When you drop to the lower levels, now you get. Dorm store, dorm, uh, TV all night. Yeah, you got all this different stuff, but you've also got cops trashing your shit, talking to you sideways. Right, you got dudes running their fucking mouth inside of the neck because nobody's gonna do anything to them. You got Mm -hmm. molest. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a trade off that you have to give up in in prison like that on on how you want to do it. But if you do a long stretch like Lois is talking about, at some point in time, you want to be able to program. And eventually get out, you know. Right. right. Do right, things they, to better yourself in preparation to getting out. But they Man. gave they gave Diablo eleven years, and he wound up doing ten point whatever. But that's federal time, right? Eighty five percent, whatever. But it's really eighty seven percent. There is no halftime, and they call it good time. That's bad time. Ain't nothing good about I was it. Just say, about like, it. what kind of deal is that? So back Man. to what we were saying. What have been some like? What were some of the? What have been some of the challenges for you? Uh, what were some of the biggest challenges? Um, getting out I would say modernizing yourself <laughs> you know first of all you come out like a dinosaur all this technology you got to catch up with oh, what did you have like, to catch up with man like they would send me to go look for a job at these you know work source centers and places like that where I didn't even know how to I knew how to use a computer but I never really the internet has advanced so much in 10 years that I didn't really know what Google was and all that stuff. Well, let's think about. Let's back up a second. I want to get clear. It sounds incredible, but I want to. Let's get clear. What year did you get convicted? Uh, I think it was two thousand two. Two thousand two, you guys. All right, think about that. Two thousand two, and you get out in two thousand twelve. Think about the advancements that were made. You know what I'm saying, dude? Just like you might have, like when you got convicted, let's say. They still might have had dot like Netflix or not Netflix, fucking Netscape as a browser and dial up. Probably yeah, hotmail. Like, right, exactly. AOL was still probably AOL. telling you we could give you AOL. ninety That's hours free. Right. right, AOL. See? So you went in, so everybody can understand. You were convicted <laughs> during AOL, yeah. and you came out Gmail. Yeah. 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 Yep. Think about that, man. So, and on top of that it, was an obstacle. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean? that was huge. So go on. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no. Go, go ahead, brother. What were you saying? No, no, no. So, man, dude, just trying to catch up, huh? Yeah, Alone. Yeah. That's that's a whole that's a whole thing in just itself. That's now you're not man. even talking about reincorporating or reentry into society yeah, as a yeah. law-abiding citizen, taxpayer. Right. Right. And I think you know. Another obstacle, I think, especially for gang members, another obstacle, I think, when you get out, before you before you get out, you're always daydreaming about when you get out. Most gang members probably picture themselves walking down their block, you know what I mean, where, the, where their homies hang out and seeing right. those faces. You know, we all humans, we want to be loved, so... You know, I like I said, I never had too many siblings. My, home, my, my, my homeboys were my family, so... I think about them and, you know, people need love. So gang members, one of the obstacles they had to overcome is stay away from them people that you love, you know, but it's hard because we all want to come home and see a familiar face like that Carlitos way. He broke it down beautifully in there when he said when you want to see somebody that you remembers you, you know, so 
love, I think, is important. You know, and I'm, I was blessed that I had my girl and my son waiting for me, visiting me at the halfway house because a lot of guys don't have that. They gravitate back to the neighborhood and hanging around with their homies and probably ex-convicts. You know, you're on your way back, recidivism, you know. Mm. Homeboy Industries helped me out, you know what I mean? They, That's that bakery, right? Uh, it's, it's an organization that helps in different ways. They put me through a solar through a solar uh, program. I was working, doing solar for a while. Unfortunately, Tesla bought out the company I worked for, and I got laid off. So Fuck Elon Musk. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> just kidding. No, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, okay, so... Like so, what? so, so you know, I'm not on no easy street yet. You know, I'm not even really. So, you know, life is like, phew, it's what still pretty tough for me, man. You know, let me I'm ask just you trying that. to make it. I always think about because I don't have any experience with. But what I always think about, like, if I had to go away for a while, right? Yeah. And like, so what kind of food do they put you on generally? Like, what are you eating in there? Man, you're eating a whole bunch of garbage. If you ever work in an institutional kitchen, you'll see that all the packages say warning may cause cancer. I never drink any juices that they provide for you. I drink water in there. I take my own little tang or whatever. But Damn. But as a matter of fact, you know, I was doing so much time. One day I found a little fat mouse in my cake in the morning. Damn. And it was still alive. His belly was bigger than his whole body. Damn. And I was like, fuck this, man. I went to the chaplain. I said, excuse me, sir. I want to change my religion to Jewish because I wanted to get that kosher food because they come, <laughs> they just come clean wrapped and they get vegetables fresh vegetables what did you have to do okay so the kosher food in prison just like <laughs> yeah. in the outside world it's right. better than what everyone else is yeah, eating. yeah you got better quality meat and then you got vegetables which is the key to life i think <laughs> how did they how did they get you that my wife thinks the same exact thing which right, is pretty much right. why i don't i everything i'm vegan by the way are you yeah i'm oh, full-on vegan congratulations <laughs> thank you it's hard thank you so let me ask you this how do you how do you tell them that you're jewish like how do you convert in prison it's not easy man because i went to the chaplain you know, it, 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 the chapel is, you know, it's a building in the prison. Yeah. The day that you, you know, it, on certain days, it might be a Catholic priest running it in charge there. It might be an imam, one of them Muslims. It might be a a, a Christian guy, you know. Right. Uh, it, it, so it just depends who's running it that day. It just so happened to be it was a Catholic priest the day I went to go change my religion in order to get this common fair. And he says, yes, what can I do for you, son? I said, yeah, I want to change my religion to Jewish. He says, wait a minute. He said, "Are you Jewish?" I said, "I said I'm 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 Mexican." He said, "I said, but my faith is Jewish." He said, "Is your mother Jewish?" I said, "No." And he said, "How about your father?" I said, "Yes, my father is Abraham. He is father of all nations." <laughs> and then he said, "No, no, that don't count." I said, "I said, what you mean it don't go read Genesis?" You know what I mean? Yeah, like <laughs> so, I thought yeah. you knew the Bible, yeah. man. Yeah. He said, "Well, why can't you make your selections in uh, in the in the in the chow hall to f suit your uh, uh, religious beliefs?" I said, "Because some of those pots and pans." have handled pork, and now right. they're contaminated. Right. So you have to know all these little answers and quote Deuteronomy in certain places to, for them to actually grant it to you, you know what I mean? So they wouldn't take it at face value, so you no, had to answer no. a little pop quiz. Yeah, yeah. Did you study anything, or you know Yeah, I did, I did. I studied a little bit. <laughs> and then, I, then I showed the rest of the homies. So then you had the Sureño table, which was a long table in Victorville Federal Prison. You had a lot of Sudanians that did the same thing I did because they said, hey, homie, how you get that food? So I put them up on game. And one, di one time the sergeant came around, lieutenant came around, you know, a prison guard and with some rank. He came on the table. He's seen all the Southsiders yeah. would be eating. 
He said, hey, man, I got more, more Southsider Jews than I do actual Jews. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say, all of a sudden, the Victorville population, they yeah. had the highest Jewish incarcerated population in the history yeah. of the United States. And the Jews were cool, you know what I mean? They, 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 they said, my friend, come with us to Shabbat Sudbury. I said, <laughs> I said nah, I'm all right, man. I said, I appreciate it, though. They said, no, come, my friend. You will enjoy it. I said, uh, listen, man, I'm a fraud. I just want to make it past these 10 years they gave me. I'm not going to do it eating this bullshit, so yeah, I just I want gonna... it for the food. They said, we know this, my friend, but we like you. Come. They like me because I would write them up when they didn't give us what was coming to us, like the grapefruit, you know, the grape juices and the matzo bread on every Friday. Yeah. I'll get those grape juices, give it to the homie, and make some pruno with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So I would go. Pruno's homemade wine. Right. Yeah. How do you make Pruno? What's because you hear a lot about it, but how do you really make it? I believe you just basically put like fruit and stuff like that, a gang of fruit or whatever you get. Gang of sugar. Throw it in there, bread and sugar, and just basically let it sit. And that's it. That's it. Ferment. Yeah, Yeah. because the bread's got the yeast in it. Right. You got the sugar. Yeah. You got the fruit, and you just need to keep burp. You keep it in the bag, and as the bag blows up with the gas, you air it. You got to burp the bag. Otherwise, it'll explode. Right. And treat it like a baby. And keep it hot. Baby, keep it hot. Keep it wrapped up in a blanket, warm. And after about. Four days. We used syrup one time. We couldn't get sugar. Oh, there you go. And you can use jelly packs. And, but What's the uh, best? It, What's... it starts kicking. You know, the, then the bread and the sugar are the kicker. Right. Okay. And then can you really get drunk off Pruno? Sure. What do you mean? I'm asking. <laughs> well, of course you can. It's, well, you can also die if it's done wrong. Or if can, it's you done can wrong. Yeah. But the other thing is in the joint. I knew this old white your dude brothers, named Pappy. Your brothers, right? Your yeah. red brothers? Yeah. Our red brothers? were able to take like potato skins, they'd put it with a bugler can, Wow. Heat it, and then wow. the steam coming out, they'd make Everclear. White, white, white lightning. lightning. They were oh. making white lightning in wow. Corcoran prison. They'd walk around with a bottle, water bottle, crystal clear. It looked like water. <laughs> you wouldn't know the Indians <laughs> the were yard. drinking that shit until about an hour later when they were, they were fist fighting with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. But awesome. I didn't mean to take that. No, 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 back wait, hold on. So, no, that no, was, no, so, 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 so the Indians figured out how to make their own white lightning still. They're like, yeah. exactly. They were way advanced than the regular, like everybody else was making Pruno. They uh-huh. would burp in the bag and the shit looks yeah. cloudy and like, yeah, shit. all right. And right. then the Indians, these dudes were running like steam with burners in their cells. Wow. And like they'd use the, they'd wrap a, a loaf of bread, that plastic <laughs> loaf. Like a hose? Right, like a hose over wow. it. And then uh, all the precipitation would drip, drip and drip. drip. And, and they'd and wow. have crystal clear white lightning. They just get fucked up. And they would man, sell one of those dope, bottles, bro. man. They would sell one of those little, oh, you know, yeah. little water bottles. Yeah. yeah. They would sell those things for $20 on the yard. Hell yeah. I mean, dude, think about how long does that get? Like that much, like Everclear or white lightning, that's going to keep you good for like a week <sighs> at least. Yeah, some, somehow it wouldn't last that long. <laughs> but I, I can tell you, like 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 clockwork, yeah. these dudes would start fighting. And every time they drink, they'd blow right, it. Right. They'd be That's a big old fish thing. fight. On I've had the same experience where I used to fish up in Alaska, salmon fishing, like uh-huh. on a commercial boat, right? Yeah. Wet in the middle of Chignik. And you can't get there except by plane or by boat. There's mm. no road. You can't drive to Chignik. And we'd mm. get out there and we'd, be, we'd do whatever, right? And... There'd be some American Indian brothers out there and everything. 
and you weren't supposed to have anything, no alcohol out there, right? right. But then you would go in and look in the hold of like one of the boats, and there'd be like cases of the cheapest rock gut whiskey you ever saw, like pop off vodka, oh, like right, whatever, right, right, right. And these these guys like were the nicest Indian dudes you ever met. Like when you just meet them, hey, how's it going? Hey, brother, you coming over here? We'll mm. do it up right. Don't you worry. Nice uh, people, man, right? Yeah. Soon as they got drunk. Dude, they look at you like they're ready to cut your head off. And you didn't even do nothing. Right, right, you just right, showed right, up. Right. You're like, wow. hey, how's it going? They're like, motherfucker, I'm going to kill you. Wow. That's a true story. That's rough, man. Hey, um, listen, I wanted to real quickly, uh, listen, I wanted to say this gentleman right here. Yeah. Los. Yeah. Is one of the one of the best writers, man. Just I, I just enjoy. He's shared so much. Um, I like to write too, but Lois has shared so many different things with me. And I asked him, I asked him before he came down, I told him, would you please, would you bring down, would you, was that bad right yeah, there? Yeah, listen, Dude. everybody, just so you understand what's going on. So we're, we're, we're so uh, Lucky's telling us about the amazing abilities of Diablo and the writing game or whatever. But what he's telling us, he's got his his paperwork because Luck comes prepared, so he's got it and he's like twitching it around. You can kind of hear it. And then I look over at Sean and Sean's face is red. He's devastated. Just yeah, he's like, like yeah. it's because I gotta edit this shit. <laughs> I gotta edit all the sounds out, yeah, and he's like crinkling fucking paper. Oh, he's an intense guy. So back up again. Uh, you know, I, so we're not off base here. I wanted to. Uh, I love you, buddy. To say that <laughs> Los uh, is just. I like to write, and so does he. And we both have kind of commonality between us. Um, and he's shared some stuff with me over the years. And I just, I asked him prior to coming down today, would you please come down and just. Read a little something, man, for us today, and uh, let me. Ask and he you said, question. "Yeah, I will." Let me ask you a question. Something. So, like, compared to your writing, like, where where do you think Diablo's at? Where do you think you're at? Like, what what's your experience? Uh, uh, Diablo's like um, lucky. And you too might have kind. to edit this too, but but <laughs> Diablo's like one thousand times more advanced than me. Right. In what way? I In appreciate what way? Just, that. Just think appreciate he's that. just... Um, I don't know if it's the truth. You know what I'm saying? What's he's, with the... Hold on a second. He's, Diablo. Yeah. No, no disrespect, but what... I sense a little bit of discomfort when you're getting this praise from your homie who's like, man, you are a great writer, Diablo. I love it. Thousand percent, da-da-da. And then I notice you going into this like humble thing, which... Actually, I'm not. What is that? What are you doing? Man, you know, it's just, you know, because I consider Lucky an amazing human being, very intelligent and intellectual. So for him to say that about me, you know, it's just like, it just kind of, you know, I get a little, uh, what do you say, unbalanced. Yeah. I feel like um, maybe I don't deserve that much praise, man. Maybe wow, it just, what, what I just want my that, humbleness. Man? You know, I just, I, maybe it's because what he's saying, you know, I feel like I had to, Rebutted a little bit because I don't want people to think that you know what I'm saying I'm I ain't all that I'm just a I'm just a guy that's telling his story, but I love my brother for his praise that he gives me and you know, you that's know about it man it's just yeah, a little I bit gain, of nervousness from being you know I'm not used to it man I gain a lot from that. it he makes me you make me a better writer oh, and man, I've learned a lot from your writing and he's constantly yeah. the type of guy that's like hey take this book read this you need to read that you need to and he stays on me about stuff and when he learns different things or sees he shares them right away with me it's not like he's got it sewed up and he doesn't want anybody around him doing it yeah he encourages me and puts me up on game it's I like think I, I just, learned a lot here he's I generous it. and I just learned from reading books man you know I just love sometimes in prison they I've heard it said before that a book can be your best friend you know and 
Like I've read some great autobiographies and just a lot of, I, I like reading about uh, lost civilizations and mythology, different things. But what, I think from reading from uh, other guys, you know, um, reading other people's stories and just reading books in general, I think makes you a good writer. Just reading, you know. Man, what you just said is probably what some jamoke is paying $10,000 a year for uh, a professor on writing to tell you, which is right. if you want to be a good writer, you got to be a good yeah. reader. Because it comes from the soul. I think the way when you read and interpret in your head, I think it creates a picture and then you kind of start formulating how you want to express yourself sometimes. You know, you know I want to kind of like, I want to hang here for a second. But basically but my writing is just, I just basically um, put it in plain English, man. <laughs> right. I don't try to dress it up too Listen, much. Listen, there's a book that's called, I think it's called On Writing by Strunk and White. I got that book. That's the one I showed you, Lucky. The Elements of Style. Elements of Style. That's and, you know, basically what you just said, which exactly. is what I say is just straight plain English, right? Yeah. And that's the best writing. I think so, man. I think so. And, I, and, you know, and I used to probably when I first started writing that creative writing course, even the teacher told us, don't try to use fancy words. Just tell it like it is. If you need to, use those words. But if, if, don't try to use words to make yourself sound more intelligent, maybe. I think there's a message that Strunk and White was saying. I think Strunk and White was saying, uh -huh. uh, don't, be, don't be fake. It's basically what they were exactly. saying. Exactly. All that, all that <laughs> extra fancy words is hiding the fact that either A, you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> B, you're telling a lie, yeah, or C, your shit ain't organized. Wow, wow. Right? That's the truth, brother. Yeah, so that's what they were saying. And what's, I find this fascinating to me, guys. I mean, I got to say, this is like on an honest human-to-human -human level. Yes, sir. Like, you guys just took us all through a story of like, getting jumped in, running through the, the hall of humans and the fucking robbing people who were robbing people <laughs> and like uh, guns and then prison and mobsters and all this other stuff. And then here we are at the kind of like the tail end, the twilight of the show. And like luck is opening up and being a little bit vulnerable and saying that, man, I love Diablo's riding. It's inspiring. Makes me. And then, and then, I mean, you've done so many things. You driven cocaine, right? in a gun with a black dude through New Mexico and then you hear a little bit of praise about your writing, you that's what makes you uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I'm not used to the good things in life. I guess I'm more used to the rough things, you know. And if I probably had to do it over, I don't know if I could, man, but uh I think my I was like trapped in the, in, in like that grid of streets, you know. It was like a prison to me, man. Reading just like takes you all over the world anywhere, you know, like you travel. I wish I could physically travel to some of these places, you know. You but, know what? Uh, you will. I, I feel it right now that we're having this conversation. I have a sense about you that you will go. You will travel to these places. Man, that would be, that would be a dream come true. Because if I was rich, I wouldn't want to post up and be stationary. Hell I would no. want to just ride, you know what I mean? And they go say see you got to make, make, procreate and travel. Those exactly. are the two things I think humans have to do. Exactly. Why don't you hit us off with a little bit of your reading here? Let's see. Let me see. I just picked this page. Yeah, that's what I like. Let's just, see. Just hold on a second. Talk. So hold on. Okay. So, so what we got? What we got now is Diablo's got one of his pages up. Uh, Lucky sitting back with his gigantic tattooed arms crossed, getting ready to listen to some good art. 
We got Diablo who's inspecting his pages and making yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a rough draft. <laughs> it's a everything's a rough draft. Right. Right. And uh, welcome to this is this is our little literary cafe right now for for uh, Diablo. Right. Been through everything. So uh, <laughs> let's just sit back like they used to do in the jazz days. Right. And like let's just take this in. Let's just take this in. Amen. I smoked PCP and I really went into another dimension. My lips and body became numb. I would feel as if I was only a shell. If I would walk, it was as though I was not moving, but actually the world was moving and I was just going along with the ride, like a virtual treadmill. Sometimes I would step out of myself and I would watch my body interacting from above as though I were floating on the ceiling. As I watched myself cutting it up with my homie, I talk in a third person character. I'm really gone now, I'm shermed out. The loneliness of being in the cold universe, the sadness of unceremoniously losing my best friends and family members to bullets and bars, the image of notable deterioration on my poor old mother's face, deterioration from a life of sacrificing yourself to raise a son who only feels in his element on the streets and in prison. As I pull on that wet cigarette, all these harsh realities become fragmented pieces of memory falling away like confetti in the wind from another life, another time, and replaced with the acrid pharmaceutical smell of PCP. With an evil smile on my face and a sensation of superhuman strength in my body, I disassociate myself from that fucked up world. I believe myself superior mentally and physically to everyone around me on that shirm. There are no words to describe the feeling. I can read minds on PCP and I feel as though I have the capability of detecting lies and the evil motivations in others. Watching my reflection in the mirror, I feel like a champ. I'm clean with a fresh fade. I got gold around my neck and a pocket full of money. I sport diamonds and I'm dressed real sharp. I'm a player, like Shakespeare said, and the world is my stage. I don't need a whole world as a stage. I only need the west side to be all I can be. Aspirations I had as a kid are only forgotten dreams I was set up to never reach. A house once full of family, cousins, aunts, and uncles is now replaced with a lonely apartment shared with roaches and Mexican meals consisting of frijoles and tortillas. This is because I'm on the run and I don't have time for the nicer things right now. These and many more painful perspectives become liquefied droplets of PCP inside a small brown bottle. Then after a dip and a drag, the multi-regrettable reflections of Carlos Maldonado vaporizing the haze of rising smoke, dissipating silently into the atmosphere, disappearing without a trace. Amen. 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 Oh, I love that, brother. I, man, dude, Los. I'm glad you picked that page because it highlighted the lonely different. Day. Yes, it highlighted different things that I feel make you just such um such a good writer, man. Like you, you got to display some of that in that reading right there. What do you think makes him such a good writer? You're talking about technique right now. His the way he's able to describe describe these experiences brings. I'm familiar with these experiences, okay? Some of smoking shrooms, and and he brings me to that place. It, listen, the same thing I find great about his writing is the exact same thing I found about Tupac's music or Biggie's music is that when I hear it, I'm taken on a journey. Right. When somebody can take and me somewhere, relate. 
Yeah, and, and we can relate. I said me and him are like orphans for some reason. Yeah. I consider me but, and but him. But dude, like, it's the same. It's you have that talent. You're able to take me on a ride out of my, my place. I can close my eyes and listen you, to you. That's a gift, bro. Thank that you, is bro. a gift. And he's able to articulate the words of experiences I've had. I might have had a very similar experience, but I can't seem to describe it right. the same way he's so and, easily able to. And you know what? I, to. I have to give credit to it. So my mother used to clean houses in Palisades and Malibu and all that. And I got to really give credit to a, a good man named Mr. John Monk. He was actually an actor. He was a writer and an actor in the 50s. I seen him on YouTube. So he wrote a book called No Man is an Island. It became a movie. And he told me, when you get older, I'm going to give you that. But when I was a child, my mother would take me to go clean uh, houses with her as a little kid. And he gave me all the, he gave me Robinson Crusoe. Uh, Greek mythology books, Treasure Island. The classic. And, and he a would great talk, story toss right a there. football with Treasure me. Island? Oh, man, Mr. Monk was a good man. You know, I regret because my mother was ashamed of me going to prison later on in <sighs> life. But this man would ask about me, and now he passed away, but I would wish I could have thanked him. But, you know, I'm sure he, you know what? he can every, hear you. Every, yeah, I'm sure you could hear me, and every, I appreciate Mr. Monk. Every word that you write is an act of thanks to Mr. Monk. Oh, man, I, I, I got to give credit where credit is due, you know. You know what I mean? The fact is, you got to think about this too, man. You got every reason in the world to kind of be like, fuck all that shit, right? I yeah, had a yeah. bad... But instead of throwing away those things, you picked them up and you're carrying them and you're inspiring your brothers. You're <laughs> inspiring a lot of people that are listening to this. That's super important. And it's that's I think Mr. Monk's legacy in part is that not the right, total thing, man. but part of it, right? Yeah, and it's therapeutical to me when I would sit there and write in prison. It would be therapy. I would feel cleansed, like if I cried or something. You know what I mean? Right. Taking all that pain and putting it on the paper is like you flush yourself of it. Exactly. You know? All right. Well, listen, gentlemen, it, it, it is, Los. I just I want to thank you again. I want to thank you for what I want to thank you for is I want to thank you for. A lifetime of your friendship, man, oh, of man. you having my back, of you supporting it and being there with me. Driving I want to thank you first for that. <laughs> and then I want to thank you for coming down today, sharing oh, some of your work it, with us, uh, sharing your honesty, sharing a piece of your life with us and yeah. the listeners today, man. Yeah. And I, I love oh, you was, a lot, man. A pleasure, you know, I don't man. throw I don't throw that word around, bro. You know, I love you, brother. I love you, too. homie. It was, awesome. it was a pleasure. And you guys, man, it's, it's, it's just wonderful, man. You know, I was completely comfortable, comfortable. Was a, I told you I've done a podcast before, uh, and I was really wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? What was different about that than this? Um, you, the person probably doing that party didn't really link with him spiritually. Like, right? Like you guys are all cool, man. Sean, you know, Shu, how do you pronounce it again? Shumahan. 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 Yeah, it means medicine bear. I like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because you guys have been medicine to me. You know what I mean? Right. And this, this is an ongoing really, thing, really cool Los. This thing, is an brother. ongoing thing, Los. This is like, you know, me and Los have a, a documentary yeah. that Shumahan's helping us with as well. And, uh, you know, Carlos is continually writing his yeah. manuscripts and his stuff and creating. Um, so we need to do a little bit more of it, but yeah. Yeah, this is only the beginning. This yes, is the sir. beginning of, of, of so many other things, man, and I look forward to having you on again. Oh, yes. On down. I look forward in, to in, it in, too, in, in like, you know, the capacity for you coming in. Yeah. Sometimes we might just want an extra voice for the guys that we're going to talk to. Right. Absolutely. Your, your mind is I would unique. love that. Yeah, yeah. me too, man. So, I would love it too, man. We'll invite you back At down first, on the way sure. over, I said, man, this place is far as hell. You know, because we're from L.A. We're over here in Orange County. And yep. I'm like, man. That's South Orange County. But, you know, <laughs> I, I would look for South to make it work. But, see, now that I'm here, like, it paid off. I, you know, 
course. For us, it certainly did as yeah. well. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah, and, and the, the other thing I want... And we're going to keep this, chilling. Yeah, we're going to keep chilling. But, you know, one <laughs> thought I had when you were yes, reading, sir. and it's up to you. You caught a shot because it's your piece. But, Sean, what do you think... Reread it? No. What do you think about when you put it together the way Diablo wants it, right? What do you think about putting... I'll leave a, it up to you guys. Like a little bit of a, like a, like a track, like a cool, like low-key like track, like a, like, you know what? That right. was a spoken word piece to me, right? right? And how cool would it be as he starts reading and then you can slowly put in the ambiance and the backing wow. track or whatever and give it some fucking flavor. The exact... Some melancholy on. Yeah! Yeah. Melancholy like a motherfucker. Now I'm going to interrupt you a second. Go this ahead. Is how, this is how much... My, our minds are Thank working you, on the same level, okay? Were you thinking the same thing? No, no, no. It's already be, He already is r r read di different stuff yeah. over the illest beat. Yes. And we're listening to it in his car. Okay, and yeah. I said to Los, I go, this is so dope. It's never been done. I want to bring it to DJ Muggs and sit out. And I want to do something because this is dope. We even talked about DJ us. DJ Muggs of Cypress Hill. Right. And we even talked Lucky about boy. him. Me and him yeah. having conversation back and forth on like this low tone. Yes. Yeah. Over like beats, right? Right. But right. he already has started a process like that, which we'll get to share. Yeah. And I'd love Sean to do something. Oh, with man, I would, I love, would love to see this yes. happen. Wait, you're thinking about Sean something that me and him have myself. already talked about. I love this idea. Like, 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 like watercolor vibe. You know what I mean? For when yeah, he starts like reading ambient track and like, it starts to come in and yeah. then like a cool fucking told you. dark, I told you, I cold fucking drums in the, in the, and then it, by, by the time he's into his like fourth sentence, fifth sentence, we're, we're on the journey with him. Yep. Yeah. I would yeah, love, dude. let's do this. Let's, let's do, do this. it. Okay. I love it. Good. Good. Okay, cool. Man. All right. It's been an absolute pleasure, man, with you brothers right here on this Absolutely. table. Absolutely. Sam here. Thank you for coming in, man. Sam here. Thank Everybody you for coming table in. Everybody at this table is just dope, man. I love it. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right. All right. Hey, from the Hard Luck Show, listeners, it was fun having you. It was fun being here. I got to head back to the street. 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 Back to the street.